And now, introducing a man who doesn't have interns, but rather friends for hire so that he can live vicariously since he killed all of his brain cells that remember his college days, he is Glenn Clark. Good morning, it is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. The kids are here. Hail, hail, the gang's all here on a Friday edition of the program. Little Jordan, Papa Cass in the house. We got, uh, we got stuff and things to do on the show today. Glad that you are with us for a Friday edition of the program. I, of course, assume that everybody else was up late watching uh, the Phoenix Suns destroy the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, kick the ever-loving S out of them, which was quite pleasant, but unfortunately, does, uh, apparently I was as surprised as you guys were to learn that it does not mean that they go back and that they redo the NBA Finals from a year ago. Apparently, the, the Bucks still get to keep that championship, despite the fact that they got skull-dragged by the Suns last night, which, I'll be honest, is a real bummer. It's just a real bummer that those are the rules. Them's the breaks, apparently. That's the way it goes. But it was still pleasant. And then I watched the, uh, the U.S. Chechia, Czech Republic, whatever you want to call them, uh, women's hockey quarterfinal, which was a little hairy there for a minute. It was a little nerve-wracking as it was still 1-1 into the third period. I'm like, I thought uh, I thought they were supposed to be good. Uh, what's, all, what's all that about? Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But it turns out uh, everything was fine. The U.S. won 3-1, so we got that going for us, which is nice. I even watched a little bit of uh, uh, Sean White last evening. I even uh, poked in over at that and um, was reminded. It was example number 11 billion, as I said on uh, Twitter of why it is that uh, judging sports aren't legitimate and aren't real in any way and judging sports are bull-ass because it, the second run through, the, the, the Japanese dude who ended up being the winner definitely had a better run than the other guy. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, and amazingly, they scored him incorrectly and whoever, I don't know who it is that does the, uh, the, 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 snow, the snowboarding analysis on NBC, I couldn't tell you who that is, just went off, like lost his ever-loving mind about the judging of this particular run. And I just said, this is what happens. This is what happens when you do judging sports. They're not real. It's it's the 4-H fair. It's it's you know who has the 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 best honey at the fair. Well, it depends. Like who's who's friends with the 4-H leader. That's who's gonna have the best honey at the fair because it's all effing honey. You you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about, little Jordan. You're aware of that. Judging sports are not sports. They are. I don't know what you want to call it, but they're not sports. And I was reminded of that last night. They're amazing. The athletic achievements, the accomplishments, the feats are truly incredible. But they are not sports. They are something else altogether. And I was reminded of that last night. But, yeah, that's uh, that's how I spent my evening. I don't know how you spent yours, but that's how I spent my evening last evening was with the Phoenix Suns and the Olympics. Coming up on the program today, we're going to meet another NFL draft prospect, Tyler Beatty. Joins us. He is a former uh, friends school running back who ended up finishing his high school career down in Memphis before he uh, went to the University of Missouri, where he turned into a pretty damn good football player, one of the best running backs in the SEC. Uh, he was down at the Senior Bowl last week, and now he is getting ready. Lean Pro Football Network is going to check in with us, and we will talk to him about uh, who the big risers were last week down in Mobile, whose stock is moving in a different direction. Tony Pauline will join us as well, and stuff and things, of course, during the course of the morning. 
Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. There is no place better to be for the big game on Sunday than Live Casino and Hotel. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the best place to watch live sports. Walk up and make your bet at any of our 24-7 betting kiosks. The 51 self-service betting kiosks are dispersed throughout the property. Or you can visit our personal betting windows to place a bet with a sportsbook representative. And right now you can win at your share of $10,000 cash just by signing up for Live Rewards. New Live Rewards members can also receive up to $20 in free play just by signing up. Sign up by March 31st of 2022 because cash drawings are on April 1st. So go sign up for Live Rewards right now at Live Casino and Hotel. All right, a couple things I want to get to this morning, and I haven't had a chance to share them out on uh, Twitter, but when I get the opportunity, I will. The first one that I want to get to is I, I am I am struggling. I have sensed that as much as we have talked about not wanting to root for the Cincinnati Bengals because they're in the same division, it is not shared. That There is no – I've gotten the sense in talking to more and more Ravens fans that there just isn't the hatred for the Cincinnati Bengals whatsoever. That it's it's what I said it was about the the Patriots all those years ago. I, I said going into that Patriots Rams Super Bowl, a lot of us embraced the Patriots and said this is a great story. This unknown quarterback, this random dude, this sixth round pick out of Michigan going crazy, and the Rams just won a Super Bowl a couple years before that. They were very much the darlings. They were the underdogs. They're they're very likable, um, you know, at the at that time anyway team to get behind and despite the fact that within a few years everybody in Baltimore would grow to hate Tom Brady and grow to hate the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick in the moment none of those feelings existed and I tried warning you guys like four weeks ago I said look man you can't embrace the Bengals because they're gonna be a problem for a long time to come and what I'm sensing is it's just so difficult to embrace the Rams there's nothing embraceable about them outside of some positive emotions about Eric Weddle here locally, and I get that. I just have not gotten the sense that there is an anti-Bengal sentiment that exists within the Ravens fan base. So I do want to know from a rooting standpoint where your heart is going into Sunday. I, I, I think the first one is it's on whatever I'm betting on. Yeah, I mean, right, sure, of course. That's that's going to be the first thing that you're – by the way, Jordan, how you, did you put any bets in? You uh, – you, uh, Not – not yet, but I mean, uh, the the Gatorade props looked uh, pretty. good. I got good. bad news for you, Jordan. I learned something in the last twenty four hours in the state of Maryland. They won't let you bet on what color of Gatorade they're gonna dump on the head coach. And I did some extensive research in order to get ready for that prop, and then got some bad news last night as I learned that, <sighs> unfortunately, that's not something you're allowed to do, which is a real, real shame of course there are other states and there are other ways around that but uh, you know you can't go down to live casino and hotel and put a bet on the gatorade prop which is a big big bummer um so that's the first thing that i've gotten the sense of is that that there is a a we are we're, i'm interested in what it is that i'm betting on so there's that secondarily i just haven't felt it i have felt more of like a indifference if the Rams win, the Rams win. If the Bengals win, the Bengals win. Who cares? It's the most significant emotion that I feel like I've felt from the Ravens fan base towards this game is indifference. There's no evil necessarily involved. There's no horrible outcome. 
It's a, if the Bengals win, all right, they're a great story. Let's go beat them next year. If the Rams win, you know, wild indifference, considering, you know, they're on the other side of the country. You don't know a Rams fan on the face of the planet because they don't even have any in their own hometown. Like, there's just no feelings that I have sensed that have existed whatsoever towards this. And I would love to be wrong. And if you guys believe that I'm wrong, you can tell me that I'm wrong. But I just have not felt any sort of emotion whatsoever from the Ravens fan base about this game. Do you think that it's in part because people don't believe that they're going to win? No, not at all. I think most people think this is a 50-50 football game. I, I think it's uh, it's just a case of you, it, we're, we don't hate the Bengals. We've never They've never been relevant here. And so learning to hate a new team is something that takes time or you know, at least uh, something significant occurring. And while, yeah, the Bengals broke the Ravens' hearts a few years ago when they were trying to get into the playoffs and the fourth down pass to A.J. Green, you know, that was significant. But I don't know. It, it, there's no cheap shot. There's no Joey Porter involved. There's no, there's no Heinz Ward, you know, knocking guys out in the middle of the field. There's no real reason that you've hated the Bengals. They've just always sort of been this, like, adorable kid brother, right? Like... Ah, that's cute. Like they they think they're going to get one over on us. Those scrappy little Bengals. Like that's the way that Ravens fans have kind of treated them over the years. So to suddenly like hate them or to suddenly have these negative feelings towards them, there's this weird vibe that's more like you're kind of happy when your kid brother ends up, you know, g- getting his moment to shine. Like you kind of have this this weird feeling where you're watching the finals of the the Cobra Kai tournament and you're like, "You know what?" We we had our moments. Let let let's let this scrappy underdog have his moment too. Let's let the kid with the mohawk get a chance. Yeah, you I don't know, I don't the, feel the, that and way. And the Yankee face. You guys watch Cobra Kai? Anybody? Anybody? No, my roommates do. It's, it's no. a good show. I like Cobra Kai a lot. The kid with the thing on his lip. Like that kid's. Uh, you know, you you want you want you want to feel good for him. He's been through a lot, right? He went through hell and back. He joined the wrong dojo. He got hooked up with the wrong guys because he was so jealous of everybody because he couldn't get a girlfriend. All of a sudden, he became a badass. And you're like, you know what? It's his turn, man. Like it's his. It's like watching a professional wrestler that's been a heel for a long time turn face. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, I want to. I I want to see this guy have his moment. Like I want to see Randy Orton win the belt after he got screwed over by Triple H and Batista. <laughs> I want to see that occur. And there's some weird vibe that exists with Ravens fans. That's like, you know. Yeah, I kind of feel good for them. And again, all that will go away because in two years you're gonna be like, they're 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 the monsters. Like you can't beat them. This sucks. It'll go away at some point. But I just don't sense that it's real for Ravens fans today. I feel like the only reason that I would want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl is so that it's that much sweeter when the Ravens sweep them next year. I mean. I don't really know if that's going to make a difference to me. I hope the Ravens win two games against the Bengals next year, no matter what they do on Sunday. Right. Like, yeah. I, I don't feel good about their chances of it. Just the Bengals are really good. Yeah, like I don't feel great about it. They're they're establishing themselves as being very much the team to beat moving forward in the AFC North, mm-hmm. um, which is a, it's a weird. It's a, just a weird feeling. It's a weird vibe. It's a sentence that doesn't make sense to say. It's just um, super hard to take the Bengals. The Bengals, but, excuse me, but, seriously. Yeah, thank you, but get that right. But what you're saying is the exact point. Like, that's mm-hmm. the point of yeah. all this. The point is, it's it's difficult for, I again, I, I'll find out if I'm wrong. I am sensing that Ravens fans 
are struggling to hate the Bengals because it's the Bengals. It's the kid with the thing on his lip. Yeah. It's the you feel bad for them. You're like, this is now again, you wake up one day and that kid's a monster and he's coming over to your dad's house and he's slamming kids through glass tables. And you're like, what the hell happened? You were this adorable, cute kid. What happened to you? Right? Like, this is the way it's going to be moving forward. But we're not there yet. Right now, we want them to win the All Valley Tournament. We want them to get the moment. Maybe it's the empathy from being Orioles fans. Maybe, and and, maybe, and knowing maybe. that this is a long, tortured franchise and they deserve to win something for once for once in their in their history and as Orioles fans we can relate to that. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't really think that's what it is. I, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um I I think maybe it's subconsciously. far No, I think it's far more generic than that. I think it's a very simple story of an oft put down little brother type that you're sort of like, in a moment, hey, go have your moment. Now, you want order to be restored after that. Like, you want... <laughs> yeah. you want Just the, pecking, the one time. You want the pecking... You don't want this to be the moment where you realize the little brother is the one that's going to be... Uh, I'll make a, a comparison. You don't want this to be Venus and Serena Williams, right? Like, Venus Williams was a superstar, and then all of a sudden her little sister came along, and everybody was like, oh, no offense. Uh, this one's way better. You're hoping that it ain't that. You're mm-hmm. hoping it's just, hey, let her have her moment. Let her go win a, an Australian Open or something like that, and then let me go back to being the dominant big sister. And I'm fearful that's not what it's going to be, but we don't know that right now. So right now I still think we're in the period where we can feel good for the little brother having his moment, where Kevin McAllister was able to foil the wet bandits, but when we go back to normalcy, Buzz is still the alpha in the family. Buzz still has the tarantula and his girlfriend, woof, the whole (laughs) thing. We want order to be restored within the family afterwards, but for a moment, remember, when Kevin foiled the wet bandits, Buzz was like, you know, gave him that nod, right? He gave him that neither one of you, none, neither, does Home Alone matter to you at all? Yeah. All right, thank God. You say, yeah, like I'm just supposed to assume that. I've got a lot of track record that says there's no way I could just know that. Settle down over there. I, I throw a lot of things out here and I get blank stares half the time. So I don't know if it's if it's vibing with you or if it's not. Have you looked up John Glenn yet? Oh, they, they've ever forgotten. He's an within, astronaut. Within, well, he was. He's no, no longer was, with us, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, he's no longer among us. Ay, caramba. Anyway. <laughs> Some Bart I'm Simpson. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. He just... It derails me all the time. Um, uh, Like, I I just get that sense. I get the sense that it is way more of a, look, man, we're not telling you we're rooting for them to win. I don't think that it's Ravens fans saying overwhelming. They are the underdog in the game, so in in some weird way, like if you have a a non-committal feeling, sometimes it's easier to embrace an underdog. I don't think that it's Ravens fans getting behind the Bengals and saying we're all out here rooting for them to win. I just feel like it's more of a, you know, if they win, good for them. Go have fun. They've 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 been through a lot. They've they've gotten beat up every time they've gone to the bus stop for the last twenty years. Maybe one time they're the one that lands the punch. Maybe one time they're the ones that uh, are you know are out wearing their pajamas and landing the punch. Like maybe that's the way that it goes, right? <laughs> like that could be. It's a very inside joke. Very very inside. That's a for a group of four people. Uh, <laughs> I guess technically a little bit more than that. Um, maybe they could be the ones this time, and that's the way that I feel like it's going to go. Um, I, you know, 
I don't sense that it would be a feeling of joy for Ravens fans on Sunday. I don't think that if the Bengals win the game, you're going to find yourself saying, yeah, go. I don't think that's it. I just think it's more along the lines of like, I'm good with it. They, they earned it. They did what you're supposed to do as a football team. You're supposed to draft a quarterback. You're supposed to put talent around them. You're supposed to do those things. And if it works out for you, I mean, hell, they went and they won on the road in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They came back from an insane – nobody's supposed to do what they did against Patrick Mahomes. They've, there's nothing fluky about this. They've earned every ounce of it. If they go win the Super Bowl – yeah, Papa Bless. They go win the Super Bowl at that point. And that's just the feeling that I've got. And again, I'm willing to be told that I'm wrong. I've been told that I'm wrong uh, throughout the majority of my life by just about everyone I've ever known. So I'm happy to find out that I'm wrong. Um, from Paul and Lando, even though I get tired of the McVay love, I'm kind of rooting for the Rams because of Jake Funk and Eric Weddle but also because I don't root for teams in the same division as the Ravens to win a game. I don't have AFC North pride, just Ravens pride. By the way, completely different thing. I, I don't. The sense that I'm getting is has nothing to do with it being AFC North pride, which is not real. Like there, this is this absurd thing where somebody has told me like, um, you know, back when Maryland was in the ACC, they'd be like, well, if Maryland uh, is out, I'm going to go root for North Carolina to win because it's the ACC win. And this is the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Like, that, that, that's not a real no, – at no point in my life have I ever felt that way about anything. What, what does that do for you? Like, what in the, the – It'd be like, oh, yeah, the, the Orioles aren't making yeah, so the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm just going to go, go root Yankees. for the Yankees yeah. now. That's the like, dumbest boy. thing I've ever heard, the notion. But there are people that will, will say things like that. Um, you know <sighs> – there's dumber things that have been said, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to pretend like it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but I will hear that every now and then where someone legitimately feels something about that. I feel like at one point my father was like that, where he was like, yeah, I kind of root for the other team. I'm used to them. And I think there was a, it's something different because back in the day, those were the only teams that you could watch were the teams that were coming into play. There weren't national TV games. Mm-hmm. There weren't. And so like you had some sort of weird affinity because they were the teams you could see on TV. There is none of that. And I'm not, the, the, the sense that I get has nothing to do with that. Little Rock speaks a little bit more to it. Rooting for the Bengals to take down the Cronkies. That's the owners of the Rams. I can't root for any team that evil man owns, and I love Joe Burrow. I absolutely think that the Joe Burrow part of this is real and significant. I think it's difficult for anyone to hate Joe Burrow right now. And again, I think that can change. Once upon a time, nobody on the planet hated Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was literally only about 13 months ago. There wasn't a person on the pl- We all loved sitting around and watching Aaron Rodgers, and then all of a sudden, within a year, the world turned on Aaron Rodgers. Now, there's other reasons for that, and that's not a, you know, when you compare yourself to Martin Luther King, you, you bring some of that upon yourself, that's right? Like, four that's four-time MVP. That's correct. Aaron well, Rodgers. I, I, he was canceled. I'm not sure if you've heard. He was canceled, so unfortunately, I- nobody knows who he is any longer. He has no platform. It's very sad. Uh, what's happening in this country, that a man like Aaron Rodgers, we've just all forgotten who he is. It's just very, I feel very bad for him. When's the last time that you, uh, and th- my point here is because I like Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. because he was taken number one overall as a quarterback, and this is what number one overall quarterbacks are supposed to do. They're supposed to go to Super Bowls. When's the last time you saw the Not number one Not necessarily over- in their second year. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, but he was taken number one overall because he's an otherworldly talent. I understand right? that. So when's the last time you saw a number one overall pick at quarterback that was this good? Well, I mean, I've said, I, is this, 
a, specifically a number one overall pick mm -hmm. that was this good. Andrew Luck was this good. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out for him to win a Super Bowl at any point, but Andrew Luck was this good. Yeah. Was this legitimate? Every, checked every box. And that was everything ten years ago. about Andrew Luck. I mean, comparing him to the Baker, Baker Mayfield, sure. I think Callum Murray's pretty good. Now, is he this good? No, no, probably not. But there have been moments where you felt like he was really good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, Baker Mayfield, of course, stands out as not being this good whatsoever. But I don't, I don't also really know what that means. Like, what do you think that makes it more people are more people are more inclined to root for him because he was a number one pick? I don't understand what that. I just think it's rare to see the number one overall number one overall pick in the draft at quarterback be as good. And I feel like this is what you expect. If a quarterback goes number one overall, this is what you expect out of them. So then when they do it, it's like, well, this is what they were supposed to do. So I can get on board with this. You know what I mean? I don't think that's that how I, I feel. I don't. I don't think people care where somebody was drafted. I mean, I, I don't. I think, in fact, you're way more inclined to embrace somebody who is a far lower draft uh, pick uh, because they're doing something they weren't supposed to do. I think you can look at it on both sides. I agree with you. That's why, I, but mean, I don't. I've never heard anybody say that. Like, I've never heard anybody say like, "I'm rooting for this guy because it's nice to see a number one pick finally succeed." Like, I've never, I, literally, never heard a, you know, another human being say that. I don't think, I, I don't think that it, that it's it's nice to see him succeed. It's well, this is what he was supposed to do, so I can't get mad about it because this is what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be this good. Well, but I mean, who are you mad at? I'm, I'm, I'm really confused by what you're saying. I really am. No, I'm, I'm not mad at anybody. But I'm, what? I, so what are you? Wh I'm saying I embrace Joe, Joe right. Burrow because this is what he's supposed to be. I'm, ex I expected him to be this good, so it doesn't upset me when he is because I already knew it was coming. Do, do you understand? Okay, but who are you mad at for being good then? Whom? Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think what you're saying actually. You're mad at Tom Brady because he plays with the Patriots, and because yeah. you know people think that he cheated and things along those lines. You're not mad at him because, in fact, Tom Brady. The point that I made was the ultimate embraceable underdog because he was doing it as a sixth round pick mm. at that time when they played the Rams. Everybody on the planet was rooting for Tom Brady, except for this guy. Good I was the OG Good Tom for Brady you hater. being ahead of the curve. You were the one. Everybody else on the planet was rooting for Tom Brady because he was this embraceable underdog. I, I just don't think – if if Joe Burrow was the number four pick, I don't think it would matter. He's likable. That's mm -hmm. why people are rooting for him because he's good and he's likable because he comes off well in interviews because oh, he's he hanging out with Kid Cudi because he's – He's got street cred. He's smoking cigars in the locker room afterwards. If he was the number one pick or if he was the number 16 pick, he's just likable. Everything about him, watching him play football is incredible. And then seeing his persona, every single dude is like, wish him. Like, I want to be the dude just sitting around not giving an F, smoking a cigar in a locker room after mm -hmm. playing a football game. Like, I, I, I guess if Baker Mayfield was having this much success – I wouldn't. I. I. I'd be more upset because he's not likable. I feel like you have to have both. You know what I mean? If you're super likable, but you're, if Baker Mayfield was super likable, uh, but I, I couldn't root for him because he's just not a good quarterback. Well, yeah. I mean, that's he, he has to be good too. I agree with. Yeah. I just don't think the draft pick part of it has anything to do with well, it. For me, like, it does. I don't. I, it's so weird to me. Why? Do, <laughs> I what do you mean? Some things do? that are. Do you weird not to like you? Justin Herbert because he wasn't the number one pick? No, I like Justin Herbert. So what are you saying? They're not mutually exclusive. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I am. I'm a very complex individual. <laughs> it's very weird, man. <laughs> like, I was a Cowboys fan in the very, '90s. That's all you about, need to know. I'm so confused <laughs> as to how where someone was drafted plays into this conversation. It's, it's not that I like him because he was drafted number one overall. I accept him because I expected it. Okay, but I'm, I'm, who do you not accept? 
Like that's the part that what, what wasn't number. Do you not accept Lamar Jackson because he wasn't number one overall? Oh, I love that's Lamar. what I'm confused. I'm confused as to why the draft placement has anything to do with it. Like he also happens to have been the number one pick. I just don't think anybody's opinion of Joe Burrow would be different. We this country was in love with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. a love affair. Wanted to spend every Sunday afternoon watching Aaron Rodgers play football. He sure as f wasn't the number one overall pick. Yeah, but he he. He could have been. I mean, he—he he wasn't close. He, I know he kept dropping and dropping, and dropping for some unfathomable. That's why reason. I don't think it matters if you're the number one pick or not. Uh, Nobody Alex, watched Aaron Rodgers play football in college. Nobody was watching Cal football games. Alex Cal Smith football was, fans weren't watching Cal football games. Like, nobody cared about Aaron Rodgers until he was in the NFL and good. And then we were all like, oh, we're going to pay attention to this dude. Like, we want to watch this guy play football. And in fairness, like, there's there's something to be said that we sort of fell in love with Joe Burrow when he was at LSU because he was a good story. Because he was the guy that they didn't want at Ohio State, and he went to LSU, and nobody was talking about him, and he was way off the radar, and nobody had picked LSU to win the national championship, and they go through this magical season, and he just comes off super likable. He does that bit where he spells his last name Burrow with the E-A-U-X on his jersey, and you're like, man, that... That's that, cool. That comes off really cool. And like somebody who's really in touch, who's not from there. He's from Ohio. He's not from Louisiana. He was only there for a short amount of time. But you like really appreciated how much he cared about those people and wanted to do something for them. He just came off. Dude, he came on this show, and I wanted to, to, to French kiss him afterwards. <laughs> like He was one of the greatest guests we've ever had in the history of this program. And he was just so damn likable and talking about how his father was obsessed with Johnny Unitas and how cool it was for him to be in Baltimore. I'm like, I can't hate you. <laughs> like, I can't do it. And, again, that'll change. They win a couple of Super Bowls and they keep kicking the Ravens' asses. I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to say, all right, enough, enough. I hate him now. That's the way it's going to go. But I can't feel that in this moment. To love Kyler Murray and I can't stand him. He was number one overall pick and he seems to be likable. I can't stand Kyler Murray. Uh, there, there, there are guys that I don't really think that Kyler Murray has ever come off as being all that likable. I, uh, I, in in I, fact, it would be the exact like he did that interview with Dan Patrick yeah. where he came off really poorly. Like yeah, I don't know Ky- how likable people love him. No, people, who I, I people talk. I think watching him play football because he can do remarkable things. But there's not he's not Lamar in pop culture. Yeah. He's nowhere close to Lamar Which, Jackson. Yeah. it's yeah, also Kyler's whole the the Instagram bit. From earlier this yeah, week, like, just, like, just, like, like my, what is that? My my friends and I were just like, we we do not like you. Stop, stop trying to. It's a weird. Be relevant. Everything about like, it yeah. is weird. Like again, but when he plays football, you're like, damn, he yeah. can do some things other people can't do. So you so enjoy Hopkins watching him play. On the field. Well, yes, it definitely helps to have DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. You're that's a, a bold take over here. <laughs> You're better when you've got DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and Jordan Speed can't close, but <laughs> Mr. Bull, Mr. Hot Take over here. <laughs> it matters. I'm only gonna like you if you were drafted number one. Kyler Murray. My point is, Kyler Murray was drafted number one, and I don't like him. It's about his likability. If Kyler Murray came off the same way, Lamar Jackson wasn't drafted number one overall, but people liked him because he came off so likable for so long. And yes, he's had a couple of hiccups here and there, but like he came off so damn likable. He was just all shucks. He was goofing around with Mike Jones in a press conference. He was everything about Lamar Jackson from a pop culture standpoint, came off as being super likable. So it was easy for the average football fan to say, yeah, I embrace that dude. I want to root for that dude. I think a lot of football fans are embracing Josh Allen because he comes off as super likable every time he talks. And that's what Joe Burrow has been. He's come off, whereas Patrick Mahomes 
was more like he never came off unlikable and it's not his fault that his brother is a douchebag and his wife is awful but like it's hurting him it's it's making him less likable because of it like mm-hmm. because we associate him with these psychopaths that are just awful people so like we it makes us the average football fan less capable of liking Patrick Mahomes and it again has nothing to do with where they were drafted with with Kyler Murray if he's so unlikable and he was number 1 overall pick and Lamar Jackson is uh, had the better career. You could make the argument he's had, he's had the far better career. Um, why is Kyler Murray so visible across the country in different ads and promotions and stuff like that? You barely see Lamar Jackson in anything if he's so embraceable. I mean, you say there's a lot. There's like one. Kyler Murray did that commercial where he's in the locker room. What else has he done? I don't know. I- he did the commercial with uh, Tim Tebow where he's in the car. I've seen the Heisman thing. Yeah, yeah I've, I mean, seen, like, I've seen a number of commercials with. So with you've Kyle named Murray. two. Uh, like they specific. We, we've been over my my, my instant recall. But no, abilities. I mean, but, like but I've, I've seen multiple commercials. I, I, I have I've not. Never, I've, I've seen, seen one commercial. I've seen with Lamar Kyler Jackson. Murray in the Heisman thing. And if you want to say why is it that Lamar Jackson not doing the Heisman thing, I assure you, it's not because they didn't invite him. Mm. They invited literally any Heisman winner to be part of that thing, right? Like they made that pretty clear in the history of doing the Heisman bit. Um, Lamar, his inner circle has been far more protective of him and the things that he's done. I, I get the sense it's because they don't want him doing those things, and I don't know why that is, and I couldn't tell you, and would it would it be good for him to be more visible for his Q rating? Maybe. I don't know. He gets name-checked in hip-hop songs. Kyler Murray doesn't get that, mm-hmm. so I don't know what they think is better for him. So I, I just don't, I don't think that, that Kyler Murray is some national phenomenon, some pop culture figure that he's not. He's been in a couple of commercials. Again, one, specifically because he won the Heisman Trophy. They they put any Heisman winner in. Kyler Murray is also in a Rocket Mortgage VR train. That's the one. The one where he's in the locker yeah. room. That's the one that I referred to. That's uh, the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, and then he's, there's also the Nissan. The Heisman. Yeah, yeah. Th- 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 so. Those are the two, right? Like he's yeah. Kyler Murray's no pop culture figure. He's not relevant to somebody who isn't an ardent football fan. Okay. Nobody knows who Kyler Murray is I, outside of... I would say he gets posted more on the bigger accounts than Lamar does. What, like, like, your, like, like your Bleacher Reports. Your, like when I'm scrolling through uh-huh. Instagram... I see more. Well, I think when Ky- he's doing Tyler things like posts. deleting the Cardinals from his Instagram, yeah. that's more likely. Yeah. I, I mean, th- that's just the the nature of if it bleeds, it reads. I don't think yeah. it's but Kyler Murray. If he's on vacation today, isn't going to suddenly be on the front page of TMZ. Yeah. He's not a celebrity. Aaron Rodgers, like it or not, is a celebrity. Like he he matters to the world outside of football. When he farts, people write about it on on TMZ or on websites. They write about Aaron Rodgers and whatever it is that he's doing. It's the way that it goes. Kyler Murray's not like that. Um, I don't know how we ended up having all this conversation about Kyler Murray. It's very weird. I have no idea <laughs> where this I hate came him so from. Much. So strange. <laughs> like I couldn't be more indifferent towards Kyler Murray. Like he exists. He's fun to watch play football. He comes off a little unlikable at times. End of story. What else is there to say? Um, he's just not all that relevant. We know why people like Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow, every time he talks, every time he does anything, he comes off super identifiable, man. Like he sent kid, was it kid? Yeah, he sent Kid Cuddy his jersey after the AFC Championship game. Kid Cuddy's not even from Cincinnati; he's from Cleveland, and he's like, "I'm gonna go wear this Joe Burrow jersey to the Super Bowl." Like, damn, man! Like that's one of the coolest things you could ever possibly fathom. This guy's not even a Bengals fan, and he just loves Joe Burrow so much that he's going to wear his jersey to the Super Bowl despite the fact that he's from Cleveland. 
He's just so damn likable. Like, he's so unbelievably likable. I'll touch on a few of these responses that have come in. From uh, Kevin, I'm a big Stafford guy, so I pull for the Rams in this situation versus a non-Baltimore opponent, but I certainly don't want another young quarterback winning a Super Bowl for, before Lamar. So that comes off more as a jealousy thing than a hate thing. Like, it comes off more like I, I'd be jealous of another young quarterback winning a Super Bowl in the AFC North before Lamar Jackson did. From Anthony, I think that's right. No animus for sure for me. I think I'm rooting for the Rams simply because of Cincinnati being division rivals. If this were the Steelers or the Browns, the animus level would be all cranked up. Like you said, in two years, that may or likely will change. That's the, that's the, the, the best way I can describe it is... I think right now it's the kid brother. It's the this is it's neat to see. Like, you know, let them have let them have their moment to shine and then we restore order in the house next year. Everything goes back to being the way that it was. You know, I I I broke my arm and when I broke my arm, you got to have your moment, but that's don't don't get it twisted. Next year I'm going to be healed up and I'm going to go back to kicking the crap out of you and embarrassing you and pulling your pants down in front of everything. And I don't know if that's going to be true. You you might but that's the way I think Ravens fans feel about it. From uh, from Chris. Chris says, yeah, Glenn, I certainly don't hate the Bengals, and frankly, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to hate Joe Burrow. And so when I'm talking about it, it just comes off as being so likable. I guess I probably would prefer the Rams to win because Eric Weddle is a cool story, but ultimately, no, I wouldn't really care whatsoever. It's the sense that I've gotten. It's the sense that I've gotten. Like, maybe there's a slight preference for the Rams, but, like, I don't think when people are sitting down and watching the fourth quarter and the Rams throw an interception that gets returned for a touchdown, there's going to be people in Baltimore throwing things at their television and being pissed off about it. I think it's going to be more like, oh, okay, you know, so that happened. Whatever. What about the the fact that, because for me, okay, Bengals, you were the healthiest team in the league. Go win a Super Bowl this year because the Ravens were decimated. The Browns were hurt all year. So it took... The two, the two teams that were the favorites for the division this year to get completely ravaged by injuries for you to win the, the Browns division. stink. They have nothing. The injuries has nothing to do with. I it. mean, the, the Nick, Browns stink. Nick Chubb got hurt for a while for Kareem a little Hulk while. Got, like got, got Nick Chubb was not the story of the Browns season was not Nick Chubb getting hurt for a couple of games. The Browns stink. <laughs> like they're just not good. We 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 crowned the Cleveland Browns having never accomplished anything. They won a playoff game and mm-hmm. we suddenly pretended like well, we we crowned them before that. Well, not I, but other people did, yeah. right? Like that suddenly we pretend like the Browns were a thing. The Browns just stink. Like it's not there. Um, the Odell Beckham thing never worked. Like they just they, they, and I say stink. They're not the they're certainly not the Jaguars, but the Browns were a team that every ounce deserved to be 500. The story of them was not related to injury. And I don't like I think we we say this try to make ourselves feel better. If you want to try to take away from the Bengals by saying the only reason why they beat the Ravens twice is because the Ravens were so hurt, you can. But they kicked the Ravens' asses in two games. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not a, a fluky thing. There's nothing that says that they wouldn't have been able to figure out a way to win those games or that they couldn't have won those games if the Ravens were totally healthy this year. I, again, there's nothing about what the Bengals have done that is fluky. It's not mm-hmm. remotely fluky. It's weird that your offensive line can be this bad and you can be in the Super Bowl. Like, that's weird. It's not supposed to happen like that in football. At some point, you're supposed to be doomed by it. But it speaks to having an incredible generational talent at quarterback and a generational top wide receiver that you're capable of overcoming it. And a defense that's not getting nearly enough credit um, that you're able to overcome those things. There's nothing fluky about what the Bengals have done. They went to Kansas City and they beat the Chiefs. 
That is the statement. That twice. This is the the Ric Flair thing. This is to be the man. You got to beat the man. Mm-hmm. They beat the man. They're the man. They also, this is not a goof. This is not a well. You know, the other teams had bad things happen to them. So this isn't like some people try to take away from the Suns making the finals a year ago because. Um, but the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis, and the the Nets didn't have um, Jamal Murray, and they were, I can't even remember who the other team was they played in the playoffs. But they had to play three teams that were all missing key players, and people were like, "Well, you know, yeah, it's a, it's you know, it's a good run, but like, you know, they might come back to earth next season." It, as we know, that's not the case. The Suns are the best team in basketball, but the moral of the story being, like, this isn't that. Mm-hmm. They they beat the teams. They beat the number one seed on the road. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The the team in the AFC, they've done all of it. This is not a goofy thing. This is they're that good, and we have to accept that they're that good. Like, I think, we have to learn I think to live with that. Also, my point though is that they also lost to that. They got their doors blown off by that same Browns team, and they lost to the Jets the week but after. Super Bowl the, champions lose games. Yeah. Like I, I there's literally I been one all time that didn't lose games. I just don't know that that they're the. I think they're the hottest team in the league right now. I don't think they're the best team in the league right now. Who is? Uh, it's been a weird year. I don't know why we would say you would say that. There's nothing that suggests they aren't. There's no team that had something awful happen. The, the Packers scored ten points at home in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Ta- you're telling me that they're better than the Bengals? Yeah. No. Not a chance. Not a chance in hell. That's true. Special teams matter. Just because you've got Aaron Rodgers and you got Devontae Adams, that doesn't mean get to mean that you can say you're the best team. Your special teams sucked. They were horrible. They were an abomination. The Bengals actually have a kicker. That's part of football. Mm-hmm. You don't just get to say that some other team is better because they have good players. The Bengals have really good players at quarterback and wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, next season – I don't know with certainty that I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams than, than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Probably not. No. I don't know that with certainty. You could argue that you would. That, that, that There's nothing that suggests that Aaron Rodgers is going to suddenly hit a cliff next right. season just because he's older. And Devontae Adams, we've accepted as being the best receiver in football for a few years. But Jamar Chase looks like the type of guy that could be mm-hmm. moving forward. I, the Bengals are every ounce the team that deserves to be there. And if they win, they win. I don't know that they will. In fact, I'm I'm hoping that they don't because I just you know picked the they kicked the Rams and I got some money at, at stake in all this. But they are every ounce a deserving team to be in the Super Bowl, and they are every ounce a problem for years to come. There's nothing. I, I'm trying to think of um, like teams that f- made fluky runs to the Super Bowl. Um, the Giants in 2011. Hmm, you say it was fluky. They're I, considered the worst team to ever win. I Super understand Bowl. that, but they still like. I think that in order to be a fluke, you couldn't have had a quarterback. Um, I think about like that Atlanta Falcons team that made the Super Bowl with Chris Chandler as their mm-hmm. quarterback. I think about, um, you know, some people would try to say the Trent Dilfer Ravens, but the, you know, defense it was, was the defense, yeah. right? Like the defense was just so otherworldly that, that it wasn't fluky. Um, the Rex Grossman Bears that made a run to the Super Bowl to lose to the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. Like, that was a fluky Super Bowl run. That was a – like, and their defense was good, but not so good that they really had any business being a team in a Super Bowl at that point. Like, that, that's fluky. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. A team that has a quarterback and a team that's done the things, that's gone into Kansas City and beaten Patrick Mahomes twice – 
there ain't even a little bit fluky about that. That's just you declaring you're the best. Mm-hmm. It's the type of thing that happens where like I try to make a boxing comparison. Like if if you beat Lennox Lewis, if you beat Mike Tyson twice, you're just the best boxer now. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if people didn't think you were going to be that guy, you're that guy. That's the way it goes and you just sort of have to learn to okay. accept it. Like they're the team. That's that's the way it goes. Uh, a couple more before we grab a break. Nick Kelly, I'm ambivalent if Burrow and the Bengals win one. Oh, you know, he makes your Orioles argument. Since Bengals fans, like Orioles fans, have dealt with so much losing. So I feel that kinship. But like you said this week, if this is similar to the Brady and the Patriots for the first time they won, then I'm going to regret feeling so ambivalent. Right. I, that's what I'm, I, again, I, it's the natural comparison for me to make. I think we're feeling a certain way right now. And we'll change our mind in a couple years if things go uh, a different way. But at the moment, that's just sort of the way we feel about it. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by the CIAA Tournament, which is coming to Baltimore right here at Royal Farms Arena. Man, I cannot wait. It is an incredible event. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournaments February 22nd through 26th. Get your tickets now at CIAATournament.org. That's C-I-A-A-Tournament.org. When we come back in, what should we do first today? What should we do? We do Young Utes, or we do uh, Is This Real first last week? I think we do. Well, we did. We did. We did. Is this real? No, we did top five first, and we did Young Utes, and we did Is This mm. Real. All right, let's split them up. Let's do Is This Real first, then we'll do we'll do Young Utes in the eleven a.m. hour. Is this real? Papa Cass. Oh, hopefully she didn't use the one that I used yesterday. Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, we'll do that next. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms The latest issue of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. 
the great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. We continue along on a Friday edition of the program. If you have missed, Stan the Fan has had a busy week with great shows for you throughout the week. On Monday, he and Ross Grimsley caught up with Greg Olson, the Otter. Uh, and then on Wednesday, he had a couple of shows. Pat Scary, Towson basketball coach, joined him. Nice win for Towson last night. Um, it was weird when I turned it on. Uh, they were actually trailing William and Mary in the second half, and William and Mary's not that good. So I was like, what the F is going on? But that changed in a hurry as they ended up winning going away by double digits. So good win for them. Uh, they play Elon tomorrow, if I remember correctly. Um, Jackie McWilliams, uh, commissioner of the CIAA, joined Stan on Wednesday night. And then last night he had a really neat show um, sort of celebrating kind of a remarkable moment in, um, in golf uh, equality history. Um, and it's a great story if you haven't found out about it. I would encourage you to go watch the show right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com slash video to find out more. Before we do Is This Real, um, just a quick thought. The, uh, the whole, One, last night was the NFL Honors. As we mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, remarkably, despite being canceled, uh, managed to win MVP. Um, the only Ravens moment was Justin Tucker was named the winner of Moment of the Year, which is a thing, apparently. Um, hard to disagree. It's remarkable what he did. He kicked the 66-yard field goal. Perhaps you've read about it as he's our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Final day is for you to pick up this print issue of Press Box. Um, next Tuesday is the last day that it will be available at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town. Um, but the... The thing that I think sort of matters the most is the announcement of the Hall of Fame class. And what a weird class it is. Just a strange, strange group of inductees. Yes, little one, Jordan. One could make the art. I saw the list of who made it versus who didn't. Yeah. And one, one could even make the argument that the who didn't list well, would I, have been a better class. Somebody that would say the argument you would get back is that you say that because you're younger, because yeah. you didn't get yeah. to see a lot of these players. The, the, so many of these players were into their, their, 10th, 15th, 20th years of eligibility that they're so far removed from their playing careers that it's difficult for you to have that context. The flip side argument to that, of course, being if it took you this long to think that they were a Hall of Famer, well, then are they really Hall of Famers or not? And that's a different argument, I think, in football than it is in baseball, where you're only allowed to put so many guys in and there are a boatload of deserving candidates every year. Um, this is a weird class. To me, Tony Baselli is the one that stands out. I, why it took so long to get Tony yeah. Baselli in the Hall of Fame, I'll never understand. He was up there with Jonathan Ogden. He was one, the of, the left tackle one of the greatest football. tackles in football history. The only knock on Tony Baselli was the length of his career. Mm -hmm. Why it took them 11 years to figure out. And I said this, like, they, they went ahead and put Calvin Johnson in. You know what I mean? Like, they, I, 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 it's befuddling to me that Patrick Willis didn't even make the, the finalists mm -hmm. list this year. Oh, he was a freak. He was one of the greatest football players I've ever seen in my life. We're, we're over the longevity thing. If you're that good, even in a more truncated period of time, even if you don't make it to 15 years in your career, you're just that good. 
I, there's just no debate about it to me. So thankfully, they finally fixed the Tony Baselli thing. He is the standout that never made sense. The rest of it, the the best thing I could say is this class, these this this these, the finalists, semifinalists. I'm not trying to say they're weak because they're not. There's so many deserving Hall of Famers in the group, but it ain't Peyton Manning and Calvin Johnson and Charles Woodson like that we've seen in recent years. Well, it's like De- Devin Hester. Devin that, Hester, that, that, I think, is a, is, is a deserving Hall of Famer, but I get the argument for, are you really putting a kick returner in the Hall of Fame over someone who played every down, right? Yeah, like if, yeah. if they got together and said, we like Devin Hester, but we just think Richard Seymour was a more impactful football player as a whole, I hear you, right? Like I yeah. hear you. And that's what I think this group... There are some standouts. I think it's insane they didn't get a uh, wide receiver into the hole. There is such a logjam at wide receiver. I cannot believe they weren't hell-bent on getting another wide receiver in because there's we're at the point where Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden didn't even get considered because there is such an insane logjam at wide receiver. Everybody assumed this was going to be Torrey Holt's year, so... That's badass. Like a lot of people you're, thought it might be Andre Johnson's year. And you're his forgetting first. about Cliff Branch. He's not. He that's from a different. Uh, they didn't. They didn't vote on Cliff Branch. Ah. Cliff Branch came from um, one of these committees. That's how Cliff Branch got in. Ah. He was not voted on by the the actual voters. Andre Johnson was on the list. Correct. That's, Tor- Tor- that's Holt. what I just said. Tory Holt and Andre Better. Johnson both stood out as guys that it yeah. should have been their year to get in. Um, among the guys that got in, I'm not trying to say I don't think they're deserving. Bryant Young, I think, is very deserving. I, the people. It, people in New England will tell you that Richard Seymour was as important to those teams as anyone not named Tom Brady. They would argue that he was a more impactful football player than Ty Law was, and Ty Law's already in the Hall of Fame. They would argue that outside of Tom Brady, no one was more impactful on the New England Patriots from a football player standpoint than Richard Seymour. They'd be wrong, because Rob Gronkowski was, but like... They would make that argument to you. And and we're also talking about two different eras. Remember, there was the, the first three Super Bowls and the second three Super Bowls. And in those first three Super Bowls, defense was much more important to the Patriots and them winning. And you can make a great argument for, for Richard Seymour because of it. I'm not saying Richard Seymour isn't a deserving Hall of Famer. I don't know that I would have put him in ahead of DeMarcus Ware, for example. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a deserving Hall of Famer. Leroy Butler is a hell of a football player, man. I... I, I, Leroy Butler really was a damn good football player, but like, I definitely don't think he was more deserving than Rondé Barber was of getting into the Hall of Fame. I don't have a problem with him getting in. I, this it just everything and Sam Mills is the most bizarre of all of it because it requires you believing that Sam Mills is deserving of the Hall of Fame requires one of two things: either for you to include his time in the USFL in the argument. And that's okay because they call it the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not the NFL Hall of Fame. And the USFL was semi-relevant for a little while, so like I can listen to that argument. It requires you to do that or it requires you to like feel the emotional play and what Sam Mills meant to a community when he was battling cancer before he passed away and for that to be something that still stands with you to this day. I, I don't think it's offensive that Sam Mills is getting into the Hall of Fame. And I get it. There was clearly some emotion with this being his final year on the ballot. They wanted to get him into the Hall of Fame. But there's no argument to me that Sam Mills was more deserving than a number of people that didn't get in in this year's class. It was just a weird class that was inducted. It was a strange group of players with only one that I come out of it saying, well, this was an absolute slam dunk. This was somebody that must be in the Hall of Fame. But that speaks to sort of the weird nature of the group of finalists that exists. And I said that when we looked at that list. I said, this is a weird... 
there's a lot of bunching together. There aren't a lot of guys that are separated in here. The way that we talked about just because you're in the Baseball Hall of Fame, we all can separate the fact that we know that there are certain players that were even greater than that. We had this conversation earlier this week. I don't remember what the context was. Uh, we were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I brought up that comparison. There really weren't a lot of guys like this that among this group. There were a lot of guys that were very similar. There weren't the, as I just pointed out, Calvin Johnson's, Rod Woodson, or Charles Woodson's, Peyton Manning's that we've seen in recent years that are just clearly separated and clearly above the rest of the group. It was a lot of players whose overall accomplishments and qualifications were very similar to each other. And so because of that, it's hard to be angry about any of it. They're all good football players. I'm not going to be angry about any of them getting in. Sam Mills isn't Harold Baines. You know, like he's a deserving, to some extent, Hall of Famer, to some extent. Um, but it's just, it's weird, and they certainly wouldn't have been my choices. I also think that there's a weird thing that goes on with Pro Football Hall of Fame voters. When you start to read the tea leaves, what you don't want to do is not have all five spots filled. It's really important to Hall of Fame voters they get five guys in every year because it's it creates a log jam. You go a year where, like, everybody's so split and fractured in voting that, like, you don't get, they eventually just sort of say, we're going to get the five finalists, and once we get there, we're all voting for them. Like, just understand, you're not voting against that person because we need to get five Hall of Famers in this class. So it's sort of a weird way that the process goes. So wild how different that is from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, it becomes more, a little bit more groupthink. Frankly, it, you know, like, I don't think the Baseball Hall of Fame process is perfect, but I would argue that I think it's better because I think it's less ripe for emotional plays. Mm hmm. And we've heard a lot about that over the years of guys who get into that room and stand up and get very emotional about certain topics. And it becomes overwhelming for other people in the room. And they sort of agree, all right, we'll get your guy in this year. I don't like that. I've never liked that. I don't like this process. It's, it's still better. The Basketball Hall of Fame, you don't even know who's involved in the process. It's very weird. Um and I, there should be more former players involved. There should be a broader scope of people. But it's the broadest scope we have. We have the broadest coalition of voters for the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I think that's the best possible scenario. The disappointing part being, on the flip side, they don't always get guys inducted or elected. There are years where they literally don't get anybody elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Whereas the groupthink mentality in the Pro Football Hall of Fame room guarantees you get five guys inducted every year. I don't know what you think is better on the whole, but I just think it's a more fair process in baseball than it is in football. It doesn't take anything away from the five guys that got uh, voted in last night. All right, it is time for is, Did This Really Happen? Did this really happen with our friend Papa Cass? Did this really happen? is brought to you this week by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new RAV4s from your local dealer today. Papa Cass, what's going on? Okay, I have one, but I'm not sure how you guys are going to feel about it, so uh -oh. we'll see. All right. Okay, so in an article from the Slate, I found something interesting with the headliner, Young Women Caught and Scared in a Cornfield. 
The article states a young woman by the name of Emma Schwartz from Greencastle, Indiana, was riding home from a party with her friend that was an hour away from home the night of August 11th around 1 a.m. When her friend riding in the... Emma stated in an interview that she was very uncomfortable and felt off about the whole idea, but drove there anyways due to the persistent words coming from the passenger seat. As they approached the house, it was a long driveway that took almost five minutes to drive down because it was on a farm with acres of land and a huge cornfield taking up most of the property. The boys texted Emma's friend to meet them in the middle of the driveway and to ride the rest of the way up with them, which she said she found odd but went along with anyways. As Emma was in the back seat, nervous, the car stops at a gate, and one of the boys and her friend jump out with no hesitation, leaving Emma and a stranger alone in a car while the two fade away in the far distance, running towards a barn. Wait, the two fade away? Yeah, the two. There's four friends. But like when you say fade away, this isn't like an Avengers situation. or No, but like it's dark and it's at night, so obviously they're like running. Um, Emma said she's going. This wasn't a problem for Emma, except she was the... Boys do say, don't be stupid a lot. They do say that. That is a real thing. <laughs> Talking to S. I don't know if you remember, I won last week. Not okay. sure if you remember We'll that. see if you can win a second one. Right. This wasn't a problem for Emma, except she was with a complete stranger in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. He, stay, he starts to drive again and tells her they can go sit inside and wait until they are done. Emma said she felt very hesitant, but also felt like there wasn't another choice. Emma gets out of the car and realizes there isn't a house in sight, and the only thing she could see was a large cornfield. Emma turned around and asked him where they were going, and she stated um, she never felt more scared when she turned to look at him, just staring at her in silence with his next words being, run, in a dark and emotionless tone. Emma obviously laughed, but when he said it again, her first instinct was to run away with him because she feared what may happen if she didn't. As she screamed for help while running for her life, Emma made it to her car in time and locked the door, calling her friend several times to get her to come back. As they finally both were in the car and started to leave, Emma was so freaked out that the next morning she tweeted out about the situation and went viral because multiple more young women were replying and saying they had the same experience with this guy and had their life threatened, which caused a lot of suspicion on who this guy was and ended um, with a victory for every woman affected because police found out he was on probation for harassing women and playing mind-twisting, life-threatening <laughs> games with them for his own sick enjoyment. It's kind of not, not the, a very cheeky story. The it's... felon known as Dylan Viotto, Viotto was found and arrested, bringing many women safety in the town of Greencastle. If you want to read the full police report or any information of the arrest, visit the link below. Mm. Really, Did really, this really, really selling it by throwing in the uh, visit the link below there. Really not, selling it. Not real. It's a big fat fake. Yeah, fake, fake. <sighs> now, this is the problem. I'm leaning towards fake as well, but the fact that you guys are so confident and you were so wrong last week now makes me have to reconsider whether or not I think it's fake. Mm. We so, we were right last week, you, and then we switched it up. Mm. That's true. And then and then because mm. you you gave the wrong answer, and then you were like. Oh, right, I, I just assume that we, you guys are wrong, right? So yeah. and it's, it's yeah. sort of we played a little poker last week. It yeah. read too much like a story that she wrote in creative writing. It's it sounds yeah. Yeah. more, and th- that's what jumped out at me is it sounds more like a horror story than it does like a a written you know a journalism story. That being said, there's a lot of journalism these days that's more sensational and is more about deriving clicks. Than it is about like getting to the nitty gritty of the news portion of this. I was really hoping that this guy was going to turn out to be the Tinder Tinder swindler at the end. Okay. 
And there's a long driveway through a cornfield. Mm-hmm. It was in Indiana, correct? In, in, That's in, where in it Greencastle. Greencastle, Indiana. And Indiana. it doesn't... And there's no house in sight. So the corn just came out of nowhere. There's no farm. There's no barn. There's no house. Uh, I don't no know. That actually, that actually um, sounds about right for Indiana, actually, if I'm being honest with you. it said yeah. that there was a barn in the far distance. Yeah. It said oh. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah ease, ease up over there, chief. <laughs> ease up. You're trying to poke holes. I got a point to play with here because I'm one up on you guys. So I gotta I could I could just for the sake of it double down. I'm also I gave Cassidy a point for last week. So if, if the majority of people get it wrong, she gets a point. And I get a point because I got it right. <laughs> so I've got a point to play with here. Like it's not the end of the world if you guys get the point and we all end up tied after two weeks. Like that 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 could be okay. And what was her name again? Her name? Yes, her name. I think was it was like Emma Schwartz or something. Emma Schwartz or something. Fake. Emma Schwartz. I'm trying to think of Emma Schwartz. I don't it's know. okay. After this, you can look up. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it was like Dylan Viotto or whatever. Viotto. Dylan Viotto. She's really trying to get me to bite. Like She's really overselling it. Or don't. It's up to you. <laughs> All right. For the sake of having the point to play with, I'm going to say it's... You guys are sticking with fake. Mm-hmm. It's fake. It's fake. Then I'm going to say it's real just to have the point to play with. I'm going to stick with real. Cassidy. It's did- fake. Oh, yeah. damn. Yep. Damn. It's based off of true damn. events, but it's fake. So, but what, I re- what really sold me was when you said, I think it's like Emma Schwartz or something. I was, oh, really? You, really? you were trying to sell. Like At some point, it felt like you were trying mm-hmm. to sell. And that was definitely... I, again, I, I regret it, but only so much because I had the point to play with. It was a chance for me to double up. Um, so tell me where this came from. Let me get into your depraved mind. <laughs> where, where, where did this story come from? My it own. was me. It is, to me. Is there a Green Castle, Indiana, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I yeah. mean, it's a true story. It actually happened with me and my friend. So I just like, I mean, to an extent, it was the same story. I just played with it a bit. Okay. And no, I just searched up wherever it would be. It definitely is a Greencastle, Indiana. There's Greencastle, Indiana. Uh, Greencastle is a city in Greencastle Township, Putnam County, Indiana. Yep. And the county seat of Putnam County. Everybody knows that. It's the county seat. Mm -hmm. It was founded in 1821 by Ephraim Dukes. Oh, Ephraim Dukes. Ephraim. Oh, Ephraim. On a land grant, he moved in there. All right, blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, he was originally from Greencastle, Pennsylvania, and that's why I decided to name it Greencastle, Indiana, which is very sweet. Um, everything turned out okay for yeah. you and your friends. Yeah, no, it <laughs> like, did. It did. I feel like you're about to like you're you're this, you're actually using this as a therapy session now to talk yeah, about something exactly awful. It. No, I mean it didn't. You have to understand it didn't. It's very loosely based off of it. I just made it a little different. Did it, but it involved you when it really happened. Running through a cornfield yes. from a dude. No, yeah, I did run through a cornfield. That is true. From That's a, a true from, statement. From a dude that was a creep. Yes, that is a very hundred percent. Was the dude Will Jordan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were in Greencastle. We took yeah, a like, field trip. It was last Friday was after <laughs> we went to see we went to see Jackass. We skipped Jackass <laughs> to run yeah. through a cornfield. It was field. in the parking lot of a white running. castle. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. And every, everything's all right. Yeah. Everything. No, it wasn't like anything was the, horrible. Was horrible. the gentleman arrested? No. That always like a lie. Okay. That always like not true. It's a shame because you know, he probably should have been. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I, I assume you guys know gangster John Dillinger. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course, I know John yeah. Dillinger. His yes. uh, his largest haul 
was in Greencastle. Huh. Yeah. How about that? How about that? We just <laughs> Look at that, Greencastle. Where did you come up with the names? The names? My roommate's last name is Schwartz, and it's That's, not That's, I was trying to do some math. It's not a common last name? I was trying to figure, this is not a joke. Like, I was trying, when I said, what was her name? And you said, I think Emily Schwartz. I was, uh, not kidding, trying to think if I knew any Stevenson University mm-hmm. athletes that had said name. To She's say, not an athlete. That that would be a you know She's a dead a, a dead giveaway. Major. Yeah, that and I knew you would never know like because she didn't play any sports and like that's a weird name. And then where'd you come up with the other one? Um, Dylan v- Vio- Viodio. I just Vio- picked like a first name and then I was like, what's something like Italian? Like something I could like that's weird, a little bit out of the ordinary that I can't pronounce. Because right. why would I make up a name that I like? Couldn't that's a pronounce? good point. If you're struggling with a name, that might make us think that you're really just struggling to right. read struggling the name. That also read sold it. me because she did that last week, and I'm like, nope, that's she's using that to try and throw us. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Not All just right. a hat rack All right. here. <laughs> All right. I do, by the way, I do think it was a well put together story. Thank you. I do Thank think you. it was it was it was well done. I think it lacked the shock value. Right. Right? Like because in the end they just sort of got away and the guy just got av- arrested. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't come off as our story yesterday that I used for finish this was about a guy who stole a car in an attempt to find his own car, drove the car on the train tracks, a train hit the car and it flipped into somebody's house. And that was a real story. Oh my god. And I feel like the shock value of that outweighs the, you know, eh, the guy got away. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be a little more shocking. Hey, I'm just setting it up. It's only you're the setting, second right, week. Right, you're rolling it out there. I'm also, you keep in mind, there's a pattern now. You've gone mm-hmm. real fake. Mm-hmm. You've gone real fake. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to throw off that pattern at some point or or play chess. Assume that we think you're going to throw off the pattern and or then just keep going with it. Just have a really good story, either real or fake, that yeah, you guys right? can't tell the you're difference. Really screw up with. All right, very good. That was Did This Really Happen with Papa Cass. Uh, which she does every Friday. We'll get to Young Utes later on this hour. Also later on this hour, Tyler Beatty is going to join us, Missouri running back, top NFL draft prospect, and was at Friends for a few years, Um, was here in Baltimore after. It's kind of a crazy story that he's going to tell us more about, um, where his family, he was born in New Orleans, but his family had to leave after Hurricane Katrina, and he ended up in Baltimore um, where, where he had his most formative years. So looking forward to talking to Tyler Beatty about that. When we come back in, speaking of the NFL draft, Tony Pauline is going to join us uh, from Pro Football Network. He is their draft analyst. We'll get some thoughts from him about uh, what the Ravens might do with the 14th pick. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. AATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Tony Pauline will join us in just a couple of minutes. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. If you're thinking about, if you're staying home for the game on Sunday and you're thinking about uh, what you're going to enjoy for said game, I would encourage you to get uh, call over to Glory Days Grill and say, how many smoky thigh wings do you have in the back right now? How many do you have available? All of them. It'd be like Ron Swanson when he ordered uh, all of the uh, eggs and bacon that you have at the uh, diner in Indianapolis. Do the exact same bit with Glory Days Grill and the Smoky Thigh Wings. It will make your game-watching experience so much more pleasant. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. GloryDaysGrill.com. Uh, from Matt Jurgensen, my team isn't in the game, so I just want to see two new teams competing for the ship. Hope for a competitive game. That's the ambivalence. That's the the sort of indifference that I'm talking about. I just don't sense that there is like a a group think we're all rooting for the Rams because we hate the Bengals. I have not felt even an ounce of that, and very few of you have given me that. Um, almost none of you have given me that. I just don't think that, that that's where Ravens fans are going into Sunday's game. That we're more interested in how we bet. We're more interested in we want we're watching the game, so we want it to be competitive. We don't really care at the end of the day which team wins. All right, uh, it's time for this week's NFL draft segment. Joining us now, one of our favorites, a man that we've talked to about the draft and Led Zeppelin for it feels like about two decades at this point. He is with Pro Football Network. He is our friend, Mr. Tony Pauline, and he's back with us here on GCR. Tony, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, nice to be back with you. It's great to chat with you, my friend. Um, not normally talking about a pick so high in the draft for the Baltimore Ravens. We're uh, a little bit not used to that when it comes to the 14th pick. Tony, give me an idea. You know, a lot of people were raving about Malik Willis last week. Um, one of the things about having the 14th pick is that if some quarterbacks could end up sliding above that, that would be great news for the Ravens, who we don't think are in the market for a quarterback. Are we at a place where Malik Willis is trending more towards being a guy that we think is going to end up figuring out his way into the top 10? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, no. Okay. I mean, Malik Willis showed a lot of good, had a lot of good moments at the senior ball, but if you really watch them, it's a situation where, yeah, he's got great upside, 
he could potentially be a very good quarterback, but he's got a lot of downside risk, and he needs a lot of work on his game. Now, we've seen in the past quarterbacks like that go very high. I just don't think it's going to happen with Malik Willis, especially when you look at some of the defensive talent at the top of this year's draft. So at that point, should we assume that there aren't quarterbacks that sneak into the top 13 picks of the draft? I have, I have none as of right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, the senior ball is a kingmaker at the quarterback position. You look at Mac Jones last year, how he went, and he was just phenomenal for three days. There were no Mac Jones-type performances this year at the senior ball. Uh, it was nothing even close to it. So I, I would be shocked. I shouldn't be, considering the past, recent history, but I would be shocked if any of the quarterbacks end up as top 15 picks. Well, that's not the news we were looking for, Tony Pauline. That doesn't help us much here in Baltimore. We're hoping to have somebody fall down a little bit. Um, I, let, me, let me talk a little bit more about the Senior Bowl, then I want to get into some, some potential uh, targets for the Ravens at 14. Um, I read one of the guys that you were high on during the week is someone who's literally about to join the show later on this hour. Um, he went to high school here in Baltimore for a little while. It's Missouri running back Tyler Beatty. Um, what is it about Tyler that got everyone's attention down in Mobile? Versatility, quickness. You know, he's not a feature runner. He's not going to be a top 100 pick. But, you know, this is the day and age where you can get backs in, on day three of the draft, guys that are very good runners, quick-footed. You don't need a guy anymore to carry the ball 25, 30 times a day a game. You know, if he can carry the ball 10 to 15 times a game and catch the ball out of the backfield – uh, you know, that's good enough to, to ensure yourself you get drafted. Now, Beatty's a little bit smaller, and he's going to have to run a little bit faster during combine workouts, but he showed the ability to catch the ball, incredibly quick-footed, the ability to, to uh, create yardage, make defenders miss is what he did. So you're, you're looking at a very solid day three situational type of runner. Although when you probably have Mon, he's going to say that he's a feature ball carrier. Of course, right. No, 25 times a day. Right. Nobody's going to sell themselves short. There's no doubt about that. But obviously that ability to be a weapon is significant. Uh, one of the other names that jumped out at me that, I, that, that you thought um, had a good week, and I, I'm sensing this from a lot of people, and it's another guy with local ties. He's from Bowie. He, he played at Boston College. And I don't know, maybe there's some world where he's moving up into the territory where he'd be a, a first-round, the, the mid-first-round pick. Tell me about Zion Johnson from Boston College. Yeah, well, you've got to go back. I mean, Zion Johnson was a left tackle at Boston College in 2020. He surprised a lot of people, I believe, or I believe was surprised when he announced that he was going back to take advantage of that second senior year. If he enters the 2020 draft, he's probably a third-round pick. He had a lot of inconsistency in his game which he kind of ironed off this year, and he was a much more consistent player when they pushed him inside the guard. Now, what he did at the senior bowl was he not only played guard, he played center, and he worked very hard at center. And he was one of the few guys that was actually able to slow down Travis Jones, the big defensive tackle uh, from UConn, who ran roughshod over uh, just about everybody. So I think the thing with Zion Johnson is he's, he's got a good amount of versatility. You can use him as a zone, in a zone-blocking scheme because he moves very well on his feet and he's effective blocking in motion. You can also use him in a, in a power gap scheme because he's got that power, as he showed, you know, not only throughout his career but at the senior ball by, uh, by slowing down Travis Jones. So I, I like the versatility. I like the upside. Obviously, obviously he's got a, a good body of work. I mean, could he end up in round one? I think there's a very real chance that that happens. Tony Pauline is with us, Pro Football Network, here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Tony, Jermaine Johnson is a name that came up a lot down in Mobile last week, and, and even to the point where there's a lot of Ravens fans that are starting to, far, fall, starting to fall in love with him as a guy that could be an option at 14. Is he that good of a player, um, that dominant of an edge rusher? I, you know, the Ravens, we have every reason to think they still like Adafi Owe, but... 
you know, I, I think they're at that place where they it couldn't hurt them to, to go with another one, even that earlier on the draft. Is Jermaine Johnson that type of player? I don't think he's worth a mid-first-round choice. Okay. I trade him more as a bottom third of round one uh, type of guy. I'm usually most more conservative with uh, my players. No doubt about it. I mean, he had a good senior year at Florida State after transferring from Georgia, was terrific at the senior ball. No one could stop him. He's athletic. He's explosive. My only concern about Jermaine Johnson is the body type. And what I mean by that is he's a high-hipped, long-legged guy, and sometimes that can work against him. So if you're a team that really puts a lot of emphasis on body types, you know, you want your offensive guards short and squat, you want your uh, – your uh, offensive tackles a little bit longer. You know, you may have an issue with Jermaine Johnson's body type. Otherwise, he was good as a senior in 2020, uh, 2021. He was better at the senior bowl in 2022. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Um, a name that, let's, and again, I guess we start with Jermaine Johnson. Another name that maybe some Ravens fans think is relevant, and again, opinions seem to be differing on Trevor Penning, the tackle from Northern Iowa, another player who I, I, I saw you were high on for what he did at the Senior Bowl. Is, is he moving into the territory where he could be a, a mid-first-round type? Possibly. I mean, he's a late first-rounder now. He was, he was good at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he was a, a, at times a dominant force. I think he was a little bit too overactive trying to basically bury opponents' heads into the, uh, into the turf there. And that led to a couple of misses because he was he was too he- uh, hyped up. I'm told he's gonna he's gonna test very well and test very well for a guy like that is he's gonna run in a low five five. So he could get into five seconds in the forty, and you're looking at a very quick ten time. You want those you want those ten splits in the uh, high one sixes, high one sevens, which I'm told you know that's what we're looking at. Could jump really high. Basically, he's a good athlete. So you got a good athlete who's also a dominant tackle who comes from a small school who went to the senior ball and showed well for three days of practice. And a guy that can play uh, the tackle position is usually highly sought out, uh, sought out on draft day. I, you know, I have him more in the 18 to 25 range. Wouldn't be surprised if he moves into the top fifteen after the combine. Wow, wow. All right, so let's 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 go. Let's start talking a little bit more about 14, Tony. If there aren't quarterbacks that go ahead of there, right, like who are the players? We think about offensive line stands out. I think a lot of people are talking about Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa if the Ravens do indeed move on from Bradley Bozeman. I still think in the front seven it would make a lot of sense. And, you know, we saw them get banged up in the secondary a year ago. I don't think that it's impossible that they go cornerback again just because, you know, we know this is the NFL and you can't literally cannot have too many good cornerbacks. Who are the players that do you start to make the most sense for the Baltimore Ravens around 14? Well, right now, the 14th rated player on my board is Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback okay. from Cincinnati. And yeah. I think that would be a great pick if he's there. Now, what we usually see as we get closer to the draft is the cornerbacks are the players that really start to move up draft boards. They are the guys that get uh, selected much earlier because it's such a priority position. We saw that last year with two guys go, two cornerbacks going in the top 10. So I think Amon Garner is would, would I think it would be manna from heaven as they say if he's there at fourteen. Andrew Booth I like. I mean the question about Andrew Booth is he's not the tallest guy in the world. Do they want you know sort of a smaller cornerback who's got outstanding ball skills and who's got even better football instincts? As far as Linda Baum's concerned, I don't think he fits the, the Ravens' mo because the Ravens like those big you know. Uh, I, I don't want to call them slovenly, but, you know, the big uglies, you know, the guys yep. that punch you in the face, they're real big guys. Uh, 
Lindenbaum's more of a zone-blocking guy who needs a lot of help on the inside, and I think 14 is a bit early for uh, uh, for his talents. Okay, all right. Uh, let me throw out a couple more names at you just to sort of get a thumbnail on a few of these guys that we've been talking about of late. One being... Uh, we know the Ravens brought in uh, Mike uh, Mike McDonald to be their defensive coordinator, and he certainly had an awful lot of success with David Ajabo last season. And you know, I I don't know that that means that he immediately have to draft that guy. And I think the opinions seem to be very split on where Ajabo is. I mean, there are people that I've talked to that don't even know that he's a first round guy. Where are you with David Ajabo? And is it more interesting to you because his defensive coordinator is in Baltimore? Yeah, I'd be shocked if David Ajabu makes it to 14. Wow, okay. I mean, okay. when all is said and done, okay. I have David Ajabu as a top 10 pick, a top 8 pick. He wow. is an explosive pass rusher. He is a guy who I think, you know, one of the reasons he was so successful this year and came out of nowhere was because of the defensive coordinator, because of the change of the defensive scheme and coordinators at Michigan. But when you watch David Ajabu, there are things that I like better about his game for the next level than his teammate Aiden Hutchinson, who everybody loves. I'm not saying he's a better player than Aiden Hutchinson, but the natural violence he plays with, the suddenness, the ability to change direction and get from point A to point B laterally in a split second, which is why I think Ajabu is going to end up as a top 10, if not top 8 pick. Wow. Uh, so, so in that way, if he was sitting there at 14, you'd be very high on him with the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> it just doesn't seem likely that he's going to be there. Uh, Jordan Davis is a name that, you know, you put on his highlight tape and you're like, my God, man, like this is just a monster. And then the knock seems to be, well, you know, he doesn't even play 50% of snaps, right? Like, and, and, and can you take someone that high that, that you might have some questions about their ability to stay on the field? We think the Ravens might end up moving on from Brandon Williams. And we don't know. Clayus Campbell hasn't said yet whether or not he's going to come back and play another season. Where are you with Jordan Davis and any concerns about his conditioning and his ability to stay on the football field? No, I, I mean, was he taken off the football field because he was tired and worn down, or was he taken off the football field because uh, Georgia had so much depth right. on the interior defensive line? I mean, they rotated Trayvon Walker in and out of the lineup. I, I mean, they yeah, rotated really good a too. lot of guys on that defensive line uh, in and out, you know, because you keep them fresh and you keep the opposition guessing. So, no, there's no concern about that. If he's there, and I think Jordan Davis is another guy that's going to make a big move up draft boards because of the fact that he is so dominant, he's a three-down player, he can control the line of scrimmage, and it is not a very good defensive tackle draft. If he's there... And they want to. I think that would be an outstanding pick for the Ravens. I, mean, I like, boy, it's hard. It's hard not to salivate when you watch his highlight film, man. Like, well, forget is. about the high, You know, the, forget about the highlight film. Just watch the film. Period. Right. I mean, right. forget about the highlights. Oh, he's, he's just he, such even, a record. Even the lowlights are pretty darn good. <laughs> right. Right. He just such, makes such an impact, man. He just looks like a monster on a football field. It is incredible. What and a the thing about is. Davis is this. You know, you talk about the highlights. Well. You know, even when he's not making plays, he's making plays. And what do I mean by that? Because he's commanding double and even triple team blocks in the middle of the line. And what that does is it opens up opportunities for his teammates to make big plays. So even when his play does not show up on the stat sheet, 
he's responsible for what's happening on the statue. Man, I uh, it's it's hard for me not I I like I, I tend to have about a, a crush every year, and it's hard for me to to ignore. Like I I'm feeling a bit of that crush when it comes to Jordan Davis as a guy for the Baltimore Ravens at 14. Um, any other name that you would throw out is, you know, we, we get moved towards the combine. We're still a few weeks away from everybody getting Indianapolis. Is there another name, Tony, that you'd throw out and say, be paying attention to this guy because right now maybe people aren't talking about him in the top half of the first round. But I think this is a player that, you know, after he tests, after we see some of those numbers, this might be someone we're talking about a little bit more at 14. You know, I, you know I, I don't really pay attention to other mock drafts. All I'm going to say is I, I think Jalen Weidermeyer, the uh, tight end from Texas a okay. is going to make a big move up draft board. He's not Kyle Pitts, but he's Kyle Pitts-like in the sense that uh, he's very athletic. He's a terrific pass catcher. He's almost like a receiver playing the tight end position. He's a guy who gets up and fights for the ball. Wasn't the same, wasn't the same focus on him, as, or the offense was not centered around him the way it was. Kyle Pitts, but he's, he had some other good players on there. Isaiah Spiller, specifically, the running back from uh, yep. Texas a and But I think Weidermeyer is a guy that people are going to be talking about a lot after the uh, combine. All right, Tony Pauline, what can we plug for you and what you have coming up at Pro Football Network? Well, I mean, the guys have been on Radio Row all week at uh, Pro Football Network, and they've pulled off some incredible interviews. So if you go to the Twitch account, uh, there are a lot of interesting interviews. Marshall Falk, uh, I forgot who they had. A, they had Robert Woods on. They've had a lot of really, really good interviews uh, throughout the week. And then, uh, you know, we had a lot of Senior Bowl coverage, as you mentioned. And right after the Senior Bowl, it's draft 24-7. We'll be at the Combine. We'll, we'll be reporting from Pro Days. Eventually, there'll be more than 800 scouting reports, uh, you know, uh, posted uh, at, the, at the site. So, you know, we talk about the first round, but, you know, you mentioned Bradley Bozeman. Uh, it's those day two guys, those day yep. three guys that really make the uh, really fill out the roster and turn out to be productive players, and, and you'll be able to find all the information on those guys. Uh, that worked out for uh, San Francisco and Eli Mitchell a year ago when the Ravens were taking a backup fullback who didn't make the roster. Uh, it would have been nice to maybe have a running back like that. Not that we're still thinking about it, Tony. Not a big deal to us. At Tony Pauline on Twitter is, of course, how you follow him. Tony, always appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Let's do this again in a few weeks. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Have a nice weekend. Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network, checking in with us for this week's draft segment. Appreciate him doing that. He didn't shake me on Jordan Davis. I know that much. I am I am definitely feeling away about Jordan Davis, man. KZ keeps trying to, to, to push back on me about the number of snaps he plays. But the more people I talk to, the more people that are like, dude, it's not about conditioning. It's about how many effing defensive linemen they had at Georgia. I mean, we all know. We all saw their defense last year. It was insane. It's That's the story is they kept rotating guys to keep guys fresh. He could have played more snaps. And I've read a couple times where there have been people that said, look, they think that Jordan Davis necessarily could have played 100 snaps. They just didn't need him to, so why would they have him do that when they have that many good football players? It's a fair argument, but it's something you got to know and be comfortable about. You can't end up drafting a guy and he's you know he's Terrence Cody right like that that becomes a far bigger problem as the Baltimore Ravens experience once upon a time not that Cody was a first round pick but still a pretty high pick in the second round of that year so I am uh, I'm feeling away I am feeling away about Jordan Davis when we come back in young Utes and then we were just talking about him Tyler Beatty who was here at Friends in Baltimore and is looking to become the second player thanks a lot for getting that wrong Casey the second player ever to be drafted who comes from friends. 
Uh, we will chat with him before the hour is over. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 11.30. Vandal Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even to offer a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Vandal Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and watch at YouTube.com slash press box online. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Battle Round. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. You know, I haven't said anything about the Maryland basketball game last night because why would I? There is nothing to be said. Maryland gets their asses handed to them 110 to 87 against Iowa, and it's all the same. Like, I there's nothing to break down about the game itself. It's all the same things I've said. It's just a very difficult... The moment that Mark Turgeon was gone, the only thing that could make the season interesting was if for some reason they went on some magical run. But it was just so unlikely that it would happen that there was just no real reason to be paying attention to the games. And obviously, you can tell that if you've seen any of the pictures of the attendance from last night's game... Uh, nobody, nobody seems to care. Now I get it; they're on, and if you're a Maryland basketball fan, like you're just, we've talked about this as Orioles fans for years. No matter how bad it is, it's just sort of what you're used to. You're used to watching the games. I have moved on from that part of my life. I'm just not spending time with bad programming. I, I just, it, there's got to be something of quality or some reason for me to watch. And there was no, there's no reason right now for me to watch Maryland basketball. I hope that Julian Reese sticks around. Um, and as part of it moving forward for Maryland, I don't know if he's going to choose to do that or not. There is reason to think he might with a new coaching staff, but like he's literally the only player on the roster that's even worth watching. And it's, Dante Scott's been been playing pretty. That's well. fine, but Dante Scott isn't part of the solution. Like th- 
that, that's not a saying a guy's playing well for a terrible team doesn't make that worth watching. That doesn't make it worth tuning in. Well, right. No, I I turned like, the game on and they went up three nothing in six five. And I was like, they could be up by fifteen at the half, and I still don't think they're going to win. Well, I mean, they certainly were, and they definitely weren't that. They yeah. gave up sixty points in the first half or whatever yeah. it was. I mean, it was insane. Um, there's just nothing. The only guy that you think could be part of a, a good Maryland basketball team in the future is Julian Reese, and we don't even know that he will, right? Like, not only do we not know if he'll stay, we don't know if Maryland will be good any time in the near future that he would be part of it. Um, you know, Sean Mosley was like the holdover from the the Gary Williams era to the Mark Turgeon era, and he was never on a good Maryland basketball team. It It's, he was a senior. Who am I thinking of? There's somebody else that was younger that stuck around, and I can't think of who it was. Um, but the point of all this being, Nick Faust was maybe the guy that I'm thinking of, and he was never, he never really was all that good either. Um, the point of all this being, like, there's just no real reason for me to spend any time with it. If if Twitter tells me something's interesting is happening, I will flip over and I will watch it. Outside of that, there's no reason for me to be spending time watching Maryland basketball. I, I, I wish I could tell you that um, that I had that place in my life where I just wanted to watch sports for the sake of watching sports. I don't. There is something better that I can do with my time than watching bad basketball i chose peacemaker and shameless i i I think i chose well i flipped over and watched the suns after a little while um i got i I had watched most of the towson game before the maryland game started it was neat that came on at five o'clock so i think if i remember correctly i then had to like do the dishes and all that sort of stuff and i was like this is fine it's a fine time for me to go ahead and do my (laughs) chores during the maryland game and then i can come back to the, the the old television by the time the uh, the Suns game began, so it's just what it is. Oh, and I watched some snowboarding. I legitimately chose to watch a judge. I hate judging sports, and I chose to watch judging sport over watching Maryland. Yeah, basketball. I saw that. I saw all these people complaining. I'm like, Glenn is going to have something to say about this, and sure what? enough, thirty seconds what later, there's Glenn's is. tweet. It's embarrassing. So Very what embarrassing. happened exactly? That people were saying that it was that somebody got screwed. Was it Sean White got screwed out no, of third? Sean White or? didn't get screwed out at all. Sean White was fine. It was the there was a Japanese who went, the guy that ended up winning the gold medal, but on his second run. He he just did six insane things, and the U.S. judge gave him an 89, and the guy that was calling just lost his mind. Like, what? what is this? This is nuts. This is the greatest run we've ever seen in the history of snowboarding, and he was in second place after two runs. Mm. So they got it right. He did the same run his third time, and they were like, hey, we effed up the last time. Let's fix it. And so they made sure he got the gold medal, but it was it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. All right, it's time. Oh, it was good right up until that, the final it, note. It, the last right up until the final note. God, right up until that moment. I had it. I had it. Young Utes is brought to you today. Buy Live Casino and Hotel. You're going to want to be there Sunday for the big game in the FanDuel Sportsbook. The delicious food from Sports and Social. Live betting abounds. You can see if they've still got a table. I don't think they do, but you can check right now. Events at SportsSocialMD.com is the email if uh, you want to bring a group out. Make a day of it, right? The, the Capitals play in the afternoon. There is a Maryland game in the afternoon you know it's what it is uh there's a golf tournament in the afternoon you can just make a whole day out of hanging out 
at Live Casino and Hotel. Do that bit where you have multiple meals, where you realize you've been in the same place, and all of a sudden, 12 hours have gone by because you've just been having the time of your life. And that's the way that uh, it's going to be for me. During the NCAA tournament, I assure you, I'm going to have a day like that at uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where I'm like, holy crap, I've been here since noon, and it's 1 in the morning. <laughs> what the hell just happened here? Make that type of day out of it on Sunday for the big game. All right, uh, Lil Jordan, uh, you got three stories, and uh, uh, Papa Cass gave you a failing grade last week. She said, no, these are things young, the young folks actually do not care about whatsoever, so we'll see. Tough, tough critic, tough yeah. critic. We'll see how it goes this week. What's number one? So Billie Eilish performed in D.C., this past is this the week. Kanye West thing? Yeah. So I'm immediately out because it involves Kanye West, I know, but I it know. does also make him look like an idiot, and oh, I do yeah. like that. Oh yeah, I do like yeah. that. So, so Billie Eilish, she stopped her concert because one of her fans needed an inhaler, and Billie Eilish was like, "Give her some time. Don't crowd. I wait for people to be okay until I keep going." TMZ took this as a Travis Scott diss, mm-hmm. where they were like, "Oh yeah." Travis Scott didn't wait for his fans to be okay before he kept going. And so then Kanye, who is slated to perform with Travis Scott at Coachella, Mm -hmm. went on some whole Instagram rant where he was like, I'm not. Which is really weird for him. It's just just not him being unhinged. It's just not something that you're used to. He was like, I'm not going to perform until Billie Eilish apologizes to the families of Travis Scott's victims, which. The families all came out and like, were like, "No, we like yeah, Billie we're, Eilish. We're, like we're, she did the thing that you're supposed yeah, to do. We're, we're, we're yeah, like, we're y- like, he ain't speaking yeah. for us, weirdo." Yeah. It, and and so, and, and then now, if I remember correctly, he followed up by saying, "We love you, Billy, but do the right yeah, thing." Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he was which, like, "We love you, Billy, do the right thing." And then on top of that, this is just a little extra. He someone commented under the post. This just random high schooler okay. commented and was like. Oh boy, Kanye's off his meds. This next album's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. To which Kanye went on some don't stigmatize mental which he's, I mean, he's in right. Fair, in he's fairness, right. yes. But but now the kid like had to delete his Instagram. Oh, he's God. he's losing like scholarships. This is legitimately this why like every time we'll talk about like it, it, people have conversations with me about like we hey, you know, we should be working on growing your social and there's a legitimate part of me that's like mm, I'm kind of comfortable with the space that I'm in. Like, I'm kind of comfortable avoiding Korean pop, the K-pop stands. Like, I'm kind of comfortable avoiding all of the creeps that uh, you know the 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 young women have to deal with. Like, I'm I'm kind of cool with just sort of being this guy. Like, I'm all right there because I don't want to put up with any of that nonsense and have to delete my Twitter. Um, So all of this, by the way, and, and and Billie Eilish actually commented on Kanye's post as well. To say I didn't say anything about yeah. Travis Scott, which she didn't. Yeah. I'm I, I'm in a weird place. First of all, do the young do the young youths care about this? Yeah, he gets I, a I, point. I think so too. It's I, like all over TikTok. I think everybody cares. Th- yeah. This was like the biggest story in the world yesterday. Yeah. I mean, so many people died at the Travis like Scott concert. So right. it's like I don't know. I, I have said a couple times. I like the idea of Billie Eilish more than I like Billie Eilish. I think her songs are. Eh. I think they're okay. I like the idea of her and her being like kind of cool and her being kind of hip and being a little counterculture. Although she didn't come off that way when she hosted Saturday Night Live, she it's definitely off, her vibe that gets like, her se- like that right, sells her. Right. I and think her music is like the same. If you listen to everything, it's like the same sound, the same like lyrics. It feels I, I like I'm listening to the I same song. I think it's fun. Well, I don't mind because like a, a lot of Adele's music sounds the same way, but she's so brilliantly talented. 
that like oh, I, I adore Adele. I don't blame Adele. you. She's amazing. Yeah. She's iconic. Like yeah. a lot of her songs are very similar, but she's so brilliant that like I'm good with just more Adele. Like I don't want her to do. Remember when Katy Perry thought she needed to make a reggae record? I never <laughs> need that. I never. Katy Perry made iconic, wonderful pop songs, and then one day was just like, "What if I did a reggae record?" And it was. Garbage, because of course it was garbage. It's exactly what Katy Perry making a reggae record would be. So I'm good with just more Adele. Like I hope nobody goes in the room and is like, uh, "Hey Adele, I got a crazy idea for you. What if we tried a little hip hop this time?" No, no, just be Adele. I'm fine with somebody making music that sounds similar. It's just not extraordinary to me. Right. It's but it's her persona. Like and, and that's the, the way thing. she carries herself. And right. I like honestly, she really got popular with the whole like body positivity yep. like movement because you don't see her like sexualizing herself like on stage. She's just she wears of, baggy pants, yep. baggy shirts and like doesn't matter. So I think a lot of girls like like that. I, and she I, doesn't and put I that dig effort that. in. That's yeah. what, I dig the idea mm-hmm. of Billie Eilish. I like the idea that she was genuinely making music. She wasn't this like you know, industry prop. Mm-hmm. Like she was somebody who she and her brother sat around and made yeah. music when they were growing up. I dig everything about it comes off very real. How real is it? I don't know, but it comes off really real. And right? she actually cares about yeah, her people. 100%. So I dig Billie Eilish. I just don't dig her music. Yeah. I, I don't find myself saying, I need to listen to Billie. And I think it's kind of absurd that she constantly wins all of the Grammys because I'm like, look, no offense, there's better music. There's just better music. But we, you know, we, that's a different conversation for a different day. It's easy in this situation to say, uh, if you have a brain, one of these people is is in the right... <laughs> One of these people is insane. The yeah. person that stopped the con- her concert to check on somebody who had an inhaler is the person in the right. And there might be, even if she had said, like, I'm not like Travis Scott, we'd still sit there and say, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. But she didn't even do that. Like, she didn't even take a shot at somebody else. She just did the right thing for someone who was having some trouble at her concert. And this raving lunatic... Um, who again it's very difficult for me to do this with Kanye West because he's clearly a man who has needed help for a very long time and it feels awkward to dunk on someone who so desperately needs help but has convinced himself that he's a genius and that people just don't understand (laughs) him and that he's brilliant and all of these things he's clearly (laughs) deranged and so it's weird to dunk on him because like he's got problems but dude this is just example number 75 this is like the judging sports thing it's just another example of how insane this human being is that he thinks it's a problem because he read some tmz look tmz is part of the problem too right like it's very clear she didn't say anything about travis scott she just stopped her concert to help somebody but they are even beyond that like as a human being that's decent, like right. you should have a problem with Travis Scott. Like you shouldn't, you I shouldn't want to perform I, I, with him. I completely agree yeah. with that. No, no, I'm saying that's how crazy he is. Like, oh, yeah. you, like I remember watching the video when it first came I, out. It, it's it's difficult, right? I don't know. It is tough for me to know exactly how much of what Travis Scott knew in those moments. Like, I mean, he was literally on stage. And like he stopped for two seconds and he was like, and the guy came up to him, like someone right. climbed up the stage, told the cameraman, there's a video of this I, girl. I've seen that. Yeah. Yep. And he's just like headbanging and singing and dancing. I, I, and there's just I like think it's possible to be like, a performer who's just not like, does, does not pay even remote attention to anything else that's going on. I think it's possible. I'm not saying that I know that. I think it's possible, right? Like, I, right. Don't, I don't know that he's evil or that he's depraved as much as 
he's someone who doesn't he never has appeared to be very in tune with we need to take care of these well, people. Well, my problem like, was is if you remember Ariana Grande when there was the bombing at her concert, oh, yeah. she paid for every family's funeral service. She paid for like every like Didn't she, he do something though? Didn't he He like came out with like an apology, but it I was like a half-assed apology. I thought like I thought he put paid. I thought he I heard that it was money. I heard that it was Kylie Jenner that put that into motion cuz uh-huh. her and her kid were there when it All happened. Right. And apparently she was like, obviously she doesn't want her baby daddy to have a bad image. Like that's a big uh, deal. He did offer to pay. The families rejected it probably because they intend to sue him. So that's probably the reason why they didn't. And know. that's probably why he offered is because he'd rather just give them a small I, I, amount I, yeah, of money than go through a lawsuit. I, I don't want to. Tra- I, I don't want to go too far in trashing Travis Scott, right? Because right. I just don't know, right? And I'm right. very uncomfortable saying definitively things about something that mm-hmm. I don't know, right? But what I do know is that Billie Eilish seems to have done the right thing and Kanye West is crazy. Yes. And and also, this is sort of what I talk about the bleeds it reads thing. This is not journalism to say this is a dig at, at Travis Scott. Well, it's not. She just did the right thing in a concert. And it's also part of what I say. We get mad about some of this stuff. Some of this is on us too. Some of this, we just react to a tweet. We just react to a without actually knowing what happened. I joke about this all the time. Like, I I, I was going to say this last... I, I get frustrated about my microwave, all right? And I'm going to derail here for a second. I've got one of those microwaves that if you hit... that You go to, you put something in, you want to warm it up for a minute, and you hit the number one because you want to put it in for a minute, it just immediately starts going for one minute because my right microwave thinks it knows how I might, better than I do how to microwave something. My microwave has an option to add 30 seconds, but if I want to put in, if I want to put something in for 45 seconds, I have to hit another button. I have to hit cook, then 45. I can't just hit 45 to get it to go, right? Because it thinks I want it for four minutes the moment that I punch in the four. Old man yells at cloud. Stop for a second. <laughs> Stop for a second, right? Like, it's stupid. It's not the end of the world. It's no big deal, right? And like, I figured it out on the first day that I had the microwave. I'm like, oh, this is annoying, but whatever. But it's, it's dumb. It's a mm. dumb feature for a microwave to have. I am a human being. I am capable of figuring out. I can, if I want something in there for four minutes, I can hit four zero zero. I don't need a shortcut. Like, this is like somebody having the name Nikki, and we're going to shorten it to Nick. Like, all we've done is taken away a letter. Like, it's we're not actually improving something here. So I was going to post a video about it, but not because I think it's so brilliant, because I wanted to watch all of the people that would respond by saying, well, all you got to do is hit cook, as if I don't know that. Because that's what the internet has become. We think we know things we think we're smarter than everybody else, and we've lost our minds. Kanye West has no clue what happened at the Billie Eilish concert, but he saw something, and he's convinced that he knows about it. Mm-hmm. We think we're smarter than we are, and the internet and social media, more than anything, has made it abundantly clear. We, we think we're in on things that other people aren't. You, I swear, I did a whole bit one night. I was when We used to have the TV show on Channel 2. I did a bit one night about how I was on uh, with uh, Dave Petromala, who was at the time the, the lacrosse coach at Johns Hopkins. And I did the entire, I literally, in order to sell it, did the entire scene from Step Brothers with Johnny Hopkins. I was like, well, I'm not going to call him coach. Like, I did this entire, I wrote it all out. I swear to God, someone in the sports, because one of those things is like, you're, you're, say, you're pretending like you don't know who the person is. Because remember, that's the entire back and forth in Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I smoked weed with Johnny Hopkins, right? The whole deal, right? And I swear to God, the first person, somebody who works in the sports industry is like, you don't know who Johns Ho- or Johns Hopkins is? You don't know who Dave Petromala is? Shame on you. 
We're lost. We all think we're smarter than we are. Instead of just saying, hey, maybe let's take a step back and try to figure out what's here. We all think it's so stupid smart to dunk on somebody on the internet. That dumb Ben Verlander tweet from yesterday, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Ben Verlander tweeting out about um, if, if they announce that the, the, the lockout's over at the Super Bowl, then baseball wins the Super Bowl. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, what even is that? Are you trying to suggest that you would, like, distract people's attention from the Super Bowl? Because it's the exact opposite. No one would give a rat's ass about baseball. There would be no coverage of baseball ending the lockout on Sunday if they announced it that day. Nobody on the planet would care because the Super Bowl is king of everything. But it doesn't even say that. It just said baseball would win the Super Bowl. What the F is that? It's just a dumb tweet, but we feel like we have to dunk on it instead of just saying, like, move on with our lives i just really turned into an old man ranting i really i don't know what just happened here i don't know how i got here i hate social media is really what i'm saying and <laughs> i I'm, blacked out for a little i'm bit. ready i really did i'm ready to be done with it because it's so incredibly stupid everything is kanye west is threatening to cancel a performance over something that didn't happen we're dumb we are dumb dumb people it's on us. It's not really Twitter's fault. It's us. We're the dumb people. Sorry. You were going you were saying something. It was a good one though. I I really I don't know what <laughs> I just did there. I lost my mind there for a second. I went six different places. I think that's the longest we've ever yeah, spent right? on one part of my the God. Years. And and, it, and none of it had anything to do with Kanye yeah. West after a little while. I just started losing my mind. Microwave. Yeah. <laughs> microwave. I don't know. I really don't know what the hell just happened. I might have had a stroke. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Gave Nick I'm out. Can- He's not interesting. Gave Nick Cannon a condom vending machine following announcement that Nick Cannon is expecting his eighth child. All right. Oh, I that's take, funny. I take it back. It's I take funny. it back. It's pretty funny. It's very funny. The, Kevin Hart is not an interesting person. He stopped being funny a very long time ago yeah. um, and settled into just sort of being the guy. Hey, that guy. Because um, yeah. it works for him. Um yeah. Nick, Nick Cannon has never interested me in any way. Like uh, the most interesting thing about Nick Cannon was D- Dave Chappelle's kid saying Nick Cannon's hilarious. Like that's the only time I've ever been interested in Nick Cannon. Get out of the car. Right. Like that's the extent of interest I've had in Nick Cannon in my life. But that's a good bit. Like that's I can't lie. That's a really good bit. Do young people care about it? I think it's funny, but I don't think young people care about it. Yeah, I don't know if young people care about it or not, but like I do. I think if someone like read it, they'd be like, oh, that's funny, and then move on. Like it's I don't think they care about the parties involved, but I do think that people would be like, ah, condom vending machine. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that there's enough. I'm I'm gonna give you a half a point. I'm gonna give you a half a point for that. I just think Kevin Hart and Nick Cannon, especially Nick Cannon, are just so like done. Yes, they're just so not popular. People just don't care. You know, it's funny. I actually like that one. Nick. Can- what was the Nick Cannon movie with uh, Brian Cranston? That was actually, or not Nick Cannon. Sorry, a Kevin Hart movie with Brian Camp- Cranston. Oh. That one was actually a good with movie. With the old man? Yeah. In the wheelchair. Yeah. It was like a That was a good him. movie. It was a sweet movie, yeah. Like, I genuinely I enjoyed that, that I film. I just don't know what it's I called. I enjoyed the show True Story on Netflix with Kevin Hart and, mm. and Wesley Snipes. Not familiar. I, I, I told you about it on this show. Okay, I just I'm I'm so out on Kevin Hart. That when you see, when you say the words Kevin Hart, I'm gonna. See, I watched most of his movies. I used to watch the I Kevin Hart specials. Love Kevin Hart. He's just because he just. But now he, it's just he fell into this trap of hey, just say things in a really high pitched mm-hmm. voice and and be super animated and, and stop being funny. Like, I kind of just liked his relationship with Dwayne Johnson. Like I kind of I kind of like their I think relationship. The general public enjoyed it a great deal, but I was. But now out. I'm just kind of over it. True story, not a comedy. It's about a comic, but it's a very dark drama. 
Mm. Okay, that would be, I would be more inclined. Again, the, the Kevin Hart thing that I like the most is that silly Brian Cranston thing. That mm-hmm. It was a very sweet film. All right, number three. Young people aren't going to care about this, but I think it's absolutely <laughs> hysterical and genius. So this, this company, uh, Tushy, Tushy Bidet, they're having a 10000 I'm already in, just for the record. They're having a $10,000 post-big game poop Super Bowel Monday competition. No, oh, no. They Ten want you to send, Tell me they want you to send me. them pictures. They, they, no. They, they, they don't no. want you to send them. They want you to tweet them. No. Tweet. <gasps> no. Tweet. No. Tweet in their mentions. I'm out. A- after the game, photos of nope. your poop. Nope. And, and big time and, no. And no. You, and you no. get and you get bonus points no. if you tell them what it used to be. Stop it. Actually? No, this is what what this is for this is sixteen year old boys. Stop it. This okay, no girl would do this. I'm of course just gonna not. tell you that right girls don't poop. Everyone knows that. No, oh my god. <laughs> oh, Paul, stop it. it. Girls it, don't it, poop. It gets better. Only those 18 and older are eligible for the prize. But this, so. Nobody, this, so it's 18-year-old boys that'll care about it. Yeah. This is this is the the lowest of the low. Okay. This is this we might as well start putting Brondo on our plants. This is idiocracy. I know this sounds so weird, but I cannot tell you how many dudes. Oh, I know. Have Snapchats where like their like yes. old memories are just like pictures of their poop because they're and children. I've seen oh, no, no, no. So many if, of them. If, it's I'm disgusting. Aware. If, if I make a very impressive dump, I'm Stop. sending that to my friends. Oh my is, god. So I yeah, wanna, I, I don't do want to do this show. I think young want, youths that are boys are very interested let's go. in this. That's a point. That's at That's least a half, half a point. point. It's half a point. Give them a quarter of a uh, point. Gives them a passing grade. Um, th- this is a no for just in general, not about the young people. This is a That's no. Disgusting. Is, this is everything about this is awful, and you should not be allowed to. If exist I ever as a scroll. Scroll. win, ten thousand, ten just ten thousand dollars. Nope. nope. Uh, Okay, nope. wait a second. Nope. To post your poop? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Boys nope. are definitely posting I their I understand <laughs> that. I know they're gonna do it, but this is the at some point we have to think about our responsibilities as a society. I don't really want to scroll through Twitter that's and what see I'm someone's saying. poop. We can't have this. If you we, do their mentions, can't only they see their, their mentions? Like if you started out with at Tushy, can't only they see it? So like it, it, people can't see that on your page? No, it's on your timeline, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they sort of ended that some time ago. Honestly, I'm kind of concerned for whoever's job is to look through these and pick God, the winner. I, like, how do you even dictate quit, like quit. what? They're, they're laughing quit. all the way to the Everything bank. about no, this. No like, how this company didn't have somebody in the room that said, no. It, I, I know you think you're clever. I know you think it's going to get a bunch of attention. But no, we don't need to be the, accompan- the company that's associated with pictures of poop. I don't know how there wasn't an adult in the room that said, I know you think, you all you're thinking about is how much attention this is going to get during Super Bowl week, that Lil Jordan's going to come on some show and talk about it, and now maybe people have never heard of our company before, they're going to hear about it. But it's, we have to be the company that steps in and says, not, for example, if, if um, there's got to be a line. If your company logo is on a gruesome mass murder scene, that can't be good for your company. The idea that all publicity is good is not true. There has to be a line, and there's no way that being associated with a bunch of actual pictures of feces is a good thing for a company. If, if I'm going to go get a bidet now, the only company I'm going to think about is Tushy. You think that that's going to make a difference? I'm going to get the one that feels the best in my keister. That's what I'm going to do. 
if I go get a bidet, I stayed at I a, think it was just a large group of men around a table and like we're like, this is a good idea. One of them there's an adult, there's someone who has to step in and say no. We, well, there apparently we wasn't. have a responsibility to society to not promote pictures. There has to be a line at which we say I understand that we fought things. Once upon a time people thought that just being gay was a bad thing. I understand that we've had there is nothing nothing about pictures of poop on the internet that benefits society in any way it is horrendous you know they have their own little jordan who sat there and said look you don't understand that the young youths like this stuff just yeah. just, just i mean yeah think about stick it with me. there's gonna be a young boy many young boys around like the world that are like ten thousand dollars where just does it end take pictures of my poop where I'll does it end i mean i'm i'm gonna be a participant probably why <laughs> Why, Jordan? It's I'm establishing a policy. I am not if you following him on that, We're out. Don't even give out it's, his Twitter we will, handle. We will break the contract. It's Don't even give out his Twitter handle. No. No. You want to send your text messages to your buddies. You do whatever you want to do. Create a burner account. Go yes. find. Go All create right. a burner account somewhere. Do not associate yourself with I'm gonna this. I'm going to save up my do bowel not movements lower. for a whole, whole weekend oh. now. Ew, ew, ew. I'm sorry, but no. You know somebody's going to take like a zucchini-sized duke and send that in. Ew! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I really hate this show right now. Glenn, just don't don't even ask for a Twitter account. Don't even ask for it today. I really hate this show today. I really (laughs) am not. Me having a stroke was so much better than whatever just occurred right now. I'll I take the toaster so over ang- his poop. I'm so angry. I am so angry that we just <laughs> spent the last five minutes talking about how do I transition to Tyler Beatty right now? How do I do that? You know what? We're not. We're going to do tidbit and tubular, and then we're going to wrap with Tyler Beatty because I refuse to subject him to this. <laughs> I refuse. You could ask him if he'd birthday. No! <laughs> no! Yeah. yeah. No! <laughs> We will never discuss this <laughs> subject again. It will never occur. And, and so I remember Jordan wins 10 grand. Yeah, when he comes I, back with no, 10 grand. No, you can lie about I'll, it. You say I'll, you got it from gambling, Jordan. I'll, I'll take, I am not talking about this I'll again. I'll take everyone to glory days, but you, Glenn. That's my God. <laughs> I don't want your poop money. I don't, I don't want, want your poop. I don't <laughs> want your blood money, Jordan. I don't want it. Say, I'm going to go steal a car, but I'm not going to let you ride around in it. Good. I don't want to ride around in your stolen car. I don't want your poop money. (laughs) I want you to never, again, whatever you do with your little buddies, send it at you. Where do you get a load of this? That's your thing. Man, trust me. I was your age once. I know what it's like to be young. Don't post it on your social media. I swear to God, every semester we sit down with the interns and we talk about how we look at your social media and we decide if we're going to hire you or not. It's something we do. We go back and we comb through your social media. Do not post this on your social page. Just make a false account. Yeah. 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 Put another profile picture. Start a burner. Start a burner. Create a new name. God. I hate you. you It's the best way to do it. I legitimately hate you at this point. It's like... I'm so mad about what just it's happened. $10,000. Shut up, Cass. Okay. You're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> I'm not today. I'm on Jordan. God. As long as I don't have to see it. That's the problem. If everybody's sharing out pictures, you're going to you're how many how many how many college-age dudes do you follow on social media? A lot, but like You're going to be seeing some poop, Cass. Well, then I'll just take a break from Twitter for a while. God. I can live without Twitter. 
Why? Why wouldn't you I can step, live without Twitter? Why wouldn't you step up and say no? This is bad. Because what I'm hearing is glory days for free, and that's ten grand for Jordan. Some smoky thought. So I'm I pretty. I don't want to associate <laughs> them with this. I don't want them associated with this subject. <laughs> they are a partner that I care about, and their food is delicious. It's great. I love glory days. It's a good thing for you to say. But don't. <laughs> Tidbit is brought to you today. <laughs> but, God, I really hate you. Tidbit is brought to you by the CIAA tournament. It's coming to Royal Farms Arena. I actually, my I, my body hurts. I'm so mad about this. Not about the CIAA tournament. I love them. See the excitement in person. As some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA men's and women's conference tournaments from February 22nd through 26th. Get your tickets now. CIAA tournament.org. That's CIAA tournament.org. All right, last night, Cooper Cup was voted the 50th AP Offensive Player of the Year after catching 145 passes for 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns. Cup received 35 first-place votes, while the runner-up, Jonathan Taylor, received 10 votes. Tom Brady received three votes, and Aaron Rodgers received two, respectively. Upon receiving the award, Cup became just the third receiver all-time to win the award, and it was the fourth time overall that a wide receiver won, meaning that, yes, one receiver won it twice. The, other, the overall tally for winners by position now stands at 26 running backs, 20 quarterbacks, and four wide receivers. Who? This is a two-parter. Ah. Who are the other two wide receivers to win the award? And keep in mind, one, one of them won it twice. And then, which two players... Ryan Powell, do not encourage them. God. And then, which two players have won the award three times? So, I'm going to go Calvin Johnson has won it? No. Wow. How, uh, how, uh, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice won it twice. I'm sorry. I'm so, uh, and right. 1993. There's, there's, there's two other wide receivers? One other wide receiver. One other wide receiver. And then what else am I supposed to be? The two players who have won the award three times. Two players that have won the award. It could be at any position. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. No. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. No. Adrian Peterson. No. Brett Favre. No. Joe Montana. Tom Brady. LaDainian Tomlinson. Uh, you still haven't guessed the other wide receiver. There, I know. Right? I'll get there. Calm okay. down. Yeah. Settle down over there. You're all getting right. all worked up. You're getting all antsy in your this pants. Is very important to me. Is it? <laughs> it's way more important than the last segment we did. Thank you. Is the other uh, Reggie Wayne? I don't know. No. Drew Brees. No. Uh, I mean, did we have to go back a little ways? I'll, I'll give you one hint. They're both running backs. Okay. Uh, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. He did it three times in a row, 1999 wow. to 2001. Barry Sanders. No. Walter Payton. No. Emmett Smith. No. Me too. Jim Brown. No. The first award was in 1972. Pretty sure Brown was done playing. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh... Not, not the first award for this player, the first overall Oh, no, the award. first time it was given away. Yeah. So um, Franco Harris. No. Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. Yeah, and okay. he also did it three years in a row, okay. 1978 to 1980. So now There's just another receiver. wide receiver. Um, yikes. Uh, uh, Chris Carter. No. Randy Moss. No. Terrell Owens. Far more recently than that. Far more recent. Uh, Devonte Adams. No. I don't remember him. I, this is not a war that I've ever cared about. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. No. DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-mm. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, 2019. Oh. Okay. 
All right, very good. I don't remember that whatsoever, for what it's worth. I have no recollection of that. All right, uh, Tubular is brought to you by Simply the Bets. Every Wednesday, 1130 a.m., Simply the Bets, which is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, we take you through the week that is in sports betting, get you ready for the big events. All that happens every Wednesday morning, 11.30 a.m. with Simply the Bets. It's also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. I played an underdog lineup this week. I've got They, they put out that one-yard prop for Joe Burrow, so I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and I'll bite on that one. And I'm playing it with uh, Cooper Cups over on receiving yards for my uh, underdog play for this week. Of course, you can feel like you're betting on Underdog Fantasy Football because you can play player props and parlays. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog app. When you do, for the first time, make a deposit up to $100. Use the code PRESSBOX, and we will match it with free money for you to play with Underdog Fantasy Football. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Tonight, uh, big uh, local uh, lacrosse game. As Towson hosts Johns Hopkins, 6 o'clock on LAC Sports Network. Tomorrow, very busy day. Army, Navy, um, women's ba- women's and men's basketball doubleheader on CBS Sports Network starting at 11 a.m. Loyola, Maryland lacrosse, huge early season game at noon on Big Ten Network. Maryland wrestling's on TV. It's got to be a better way to spend your time than basketball. That's at two o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Um, Navy lacrosse hosts Mercer at noon on ESPN Plus. Loyola basketball hosts Colgate at five on ESPN Plus. Next level sports for South Carolina State and Coppin State at four tomorrow. Flow sports for Elon and Towson Hoops at two. Mount St. Mary's and Delaware Lacrosse at two. UMBC's at UMass Lowell at three on ESPN three. Morgan hosts North Carolina Central at two. Mount St. Mary's is at St. Francis in basketball at four on NEC Front Row. Everything else uh, for tomorrow. Find it at glennclarkradio.com. On Sunday, of course, the Super Bowl, the actual games at 6.30, Rams and Bengals on NBC. CBS in the afternoon for Maryland and Purdue hoops at 1 o'clock. The Towson women are on TV on Sunday. They're at James Madison at 2 on NBC Sports Washington+. Plus. Eh, everything else I think you can find at, uh, at Glenn Clark Radio. Obviously, the Olympics continue and NBC, CNBC. I believe the next game for the women's hockey team is overnight Sunday night, but I'll double-check on that. Some non-sports highlights? Not a lot, honestly. Um, you have the Jeopardy! National College Championship. That continues at 8 o'clock tonight on ABC. Um, Dollface Complete Season 2. It's a Hulu original. That's with, um, what's her face, that was in the Marvel movies and was on that, that show on, with Two Broke Girls, right? She was, what the hell is that girl's name? She was, uh, it's Kat Dennings, correct? That's who that is? I'm not crazy, right? The the girl from um, 40-Year-Old Virgin? Uh, the daughter? Yeah, the daughter from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Exactly yeah. right. Isn't she in Dollface? I believe if so. If it's not, it's a girl that looks exactly like her. I believe you're No, she's definitely correct. in Dollface. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not cr- yeah, Thank a lot for nobody bailing me out there. I said I, I believe was, you were correct. Yeah, well, you got there eventually. Everybody else was giving me blank stares. I, I, I've never watched Dollface, so, but I remember her being in something. And she's Darcy in the Marvel movies. I'm 100% right about this. I feel very good about myself. <laughs> I, I nailed it. I don't get all these correct. I got this one. I Can knocked you, it out of the park. I don't remember her in the Marvel movies. Oh, she's in. she was in... Um, she's like an agent. Um, she were... You, you know who I'm talking? Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like she's no, a, she's... she's You're thinking of Kobe no, Smulders. No, no. She was in the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, she like works... Remember in WandaVision, they like sent a team into town... 
and like to investigate, and she was part I of that. I haven't watched those. Well, shows that's yet. a mistake on your. I thought part. you were talking about the Marvel movies. She she was in Thor. She was in. She's been in Marvel movies. Yeah, she's she been, is in Thor. You are correct. Oh, I she, know she's in. I know I'm right about this. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was a, like a literal agent. Like she. Yeah, I assumed she was working I with an FBI agent. I know what I'm. I know I'm not crazy. I other believe that part, you're not crazy. Other than the microwave thing, I was that was a little crazy. <laughs> I did kind of lose it. Um, it wasn't talking about poop. On on Saturday, um, there's like there's literally nothing. There's nothing on Saturday, right. and then on Sunday, uh, just on HBO, Euphoria at nine, The Righteous Gemstones at ten, Somebody Somewhere at ten forty, and on Paramount, eighteen eighty three episode eight. I am cl- in love with this show. What a what which oh then eighteen eighty three. Yeah, I gotta. I, I do need to watch it. Ah, oh, what a cliffhanger to Gemstones last week! Oh, like, what awesome. a what awesome. a what an episode! What, what it was. a cliffhanger to Euphoria last oh, you guys week! I agree. And, you guys are all hot and bothered about Euphoria. Very much the age differential here. You guys love Euphoria, and we're all in on Gemstones. It's very much Ge- Gemstones in 1883, a Western TV show. Oh God, very clear the line of demarcation. I think the other girl in Dollface was the girl that was the very attractive Asian girl from the Social Network movie, and I can't think of what her name is. Uh, Brenda Song is her name. Oh my yes. God! I, I know I Brenda know. Song from like Disney Channel. Yeah. Oh, is that where she's yeah, from? She, she was she, London Tipton. She was, on Disney. She was yeah. London Tipton. Then maybe, on then maybe she's not Cody. the girl from. The, she is the girl from the social. Yeah, it's Network, Brenda Song. Right? Yeah. You wow. know who she's married that. to, right? Who? The kid from Home Alone. Which kid? Macaulay. The, Macaulay. The kid. She's married to Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah. we just learned this right now. Yeah, yeah, they're married. She's in Dollface. How cute! Did you see the um the thing that said this Super Bowl is Macaulay Culkin versus um. Oh, because he looks like uh, yeah. yeah. But, but who's who's? Oh, the guy? I don't remember the guy that looks like Matt, Matt Stafford. I don't. Uh, he, he I don't remember. Young Forrest Gump's the, the young the, the Forrest Oh, Gump's Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel yes, Osment. correct. Yeah. Haley Joel Osment. One hundred percent. That's exactly right. All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to. Well, I guess let's let you guys share your social medias. Uh, Cass, you go first. Instagram Cassidy underscore Elizabeth twenty two, and then Twitter. Cassidy Butler five and uh, I don't want don't, don't maybe give him the Twitter don't, just maybe Instagram don't, maybe don't give, follow I won't, Jordan I won't, for a little give, while won't give the Twitter today but uh, Instagram Jay Schwartzberg one don't uh, put it on your Twitter dude I'm not kidding about I, this I, I, do I, not I, I put won't. it on your Twitter I'll use the friends I'll use the fine. friends that's fine or start a burner I don't care yeah. if you start a, a burner you can be Kevin Durant you can have a hundred yeah. burners for all I care just don't put it on one that can be attracted to you. That's what I, I don't want you I to do. I promise you, Glenn. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you can follow Jordan wherever you're following him. <laughs> so mad about this. Uh, thanks to uh, Tony Pauline. Thanks to Tyler Beatty, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. We'll be back Monday. Jeremy Conn will join us. We'll talk about what happened in the game and, and who knows. What's on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, we're going to have Eric um, Eric Garfield. He's a... Yep. Does all sorts of things scouting as far as um, prospects are concerned. Down in Sarasota. Down in Sarasota. He's but, always at Twin Lakes Park. Yep. He's going to be on, and then Stan the Fan will be on. All right, very good. That's tomorrow, 10 to noon, for the bat around with uh, Paul. Is, it, is Zach there tomorrow? Zach is Paul back and tomorrow. Zach. Paul and Zach tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all local college hoops and lacrosse teams. 
I guess I should say go Rams because I bet on them, but I don't, again, I still don't even really care about that. Uh, Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up today's show. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his training schedule, but a great opportunity to catch up with a top NFL draft prospect and someone who spent a lot of time here in Baltimore at Friends School. Tyler Beatty wraps us up here on GCR. Well, let's continue to meet the uh, folks that we're making up this year's class, the NFL Draft. And this is a really, really cool story because he is a, a young man who's from here, and technically not from here originally, actually, but uh, came into his own here as um, he went to Friends and then went on to Missouri. And uh, he was just uh, turning heads last week down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Everybody was raving about him. It's a pleasure to welcome Missouri running back Tyler Beatty to GCR. Tyler, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's so good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Man, it's it's great to chat with you. Tyler, for those that don't know your story, I know you, you probably could spend like six hours telling it, so we'll try to do the truncated version. Um, you, your family, how you ended up here in Baltimore as a young man and how your time here kind of molded you into the man that you've become. Most definitely. So I was originally born in New Orleans, Louisiana. And after that, uh, after Hurricane Katrina, you know, uh, my mom was looking for a job, you know, and luckily for uh, Baltimore, Maryland, you know, they gave us a home, you know, and my mom worked at John Hopkins. And, you know, I moved down to Baltimore, Maryland, where I attended uh, French School of Baltimore, from sixth grade to tenth grade, so they welcomed me with open arms. They taught me a lot of things being at that school. Man, you know what? What was that like for you moving at an age like that? And obviously, you know, my God, after Katrina, on top of everything, right? Like, what was it like for you? And and was it difficult at all for you to adjust here? Right, right, definitely. You know, just coming from a place from such a tragic uh, background, you know, and just coming to a place and. Just being welcome with open arms, you know, like I said, it was just a blessing, you know, to be around so many people that just want the best interest for you at heart, uh, especially coming off a, a big situation with the natural disaster and everything, you know. Uh, just being situated, you know, out there in Baltimore just felt like home. Well, tell me about your, your time here. What did you – What? how were you most shaped? Like, what about you do you say – this is how I feel that time that I spent in Baltimore. This is how I feel that time that I spent in Friends. This is how it impacted me the most. Right, definitely. I feel like Baltimore just taught me so much about diversity and just being open-minded, you know. I feel like when I was at Baltimore, you know, I did a lot of different things. I played the trumpet. I was in the <laughs> choir, you know, and I played football, you know, as, <laughs> as long as uh, also track. and I mean, not track, I mean lacrosse. So, I know it just taught me a lot of different things, you know, taught me to be – uh, diverse and just be versatile in sports, you know, the arts, you know, so it just taught me. Are, are you saying that maybe lacrosse might not have happened if you stayed in New Orleans? I thought that was a huge thing down in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I tell people all the time, lacrosse is my first love, you know, uh, with Coach uh, Kessinich and Skyler and all them teaching me how to play lacrosse, you know, I just kind of molded into a, a lacrosse player, so I like to say I'm a laxer. That's you cool, know, so that's, man. That's really <laughs> cool. Oh, <laughs> Right, right. So that, that's that's a blessing. That's one of the things where I had to learn on my own, you know. And a lot of people took me under their wing and supported me within the sport, and I just feel like it's worked out perfectly for me. And I told a lot of people, if I didn't move to Memphis, I would have been playing lacrosse in college. So wow. <laughs> that's a little fun fact. Wow. Yeah. Had you like had you already started talking to colleges? Like, had, Was that something that was like legitimately real for you before you went down to Briarcrest? Yeah, that definitely was. You know, I was on a travel team. I played with Wolfpack, you know, and played for the school, you know, so I was definitely – on the verge of playing lacrosse in college. So Holy a lot of smokes. And a lot of people out there play lacrosse um, down there. So 
Oh it's man, <laughs> that's cool. I had no idea. Look, hey man, uh, the, the lacrosse route worked for Chris Hogan. He ended up in the NFL, did quite well for himself. Like, right, <laughs> man, that is. Yeah. I had no idea that you were a lacrosse route. That's so cool, dude. That's really, really cool. Um, okay, so so Tyler, you know, you go through this time in your life. You end up at Missouri. When was like the first moment in your life that you said? Dude, I, I think I might be somebody who could play, like, in the NFL. Like, this this might not just be, like, a dream or it might not be something. Like, this might be real for me. I might be able to play football to make a living as an adult. Devin, that's a great question. You know, I, I kind of felt that more so when I started playing my freshman year. You know, usually people say when you come into the SEC, you have to sit, you know, you have to register. But Coach threw me, in, threw me out there, you know, uh, the first game. So just being a freshman and being out there, I was like, Wow, I might have a chance at this, you know, and just keep playing and just just going through practices and doing the hard work, you know. I just felt like I was getting closer and closer to my goal, and now today, you know, it's just right around the corner. It's in my grasp, so, you know, I'm going to take full advantage of my opportunities. Of, of course, obviously, and that's what you're doing down in Mobile. We're t- chatting with Tyler Beatty, of course, um, from Friends, spent a few years here in Baltimore, now Missouri running back, getting ready for the draft. Um, you know, playing in the SEC is a different animal, bro. <laughs> like, right. Y- y- you, <laughs> right. You, 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 and- it's way different than playing at friends. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much do you feel like that has prepared you for this moment? Like, you know, all the ups and downs, what everything that you experienced at Missouri, going up against the guys that you went up against week in, week out, how much do you feel like you are maybe more prepared for playing in the NFL than uh, some other guys might even be that are in your class. Right, most definitely. You know, people say when you go to the SEC, that's the closest thing to the, NS- to the NFL. So when I decided to go to the SEC, I, I just knew it was going to be great competition. A lot of people wanted to compete, and, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And when I committed that, I just wanted to play against the best of the best competition. And I feel like I did that week in and week out, you know, and I showed out, you know, and I did my thing, so – I just feel like it's just it's just a blessing to be in the position I am I'm in today. What was the Senior Bowl experience like for you? Being down there all week and and being in front of like every team in the NFL and and meeting everybody. Can you put into words what that week was like for you? Sure, I was just saying it's a blessing. You know, it, it's much different than what people think. You know, it, it's hard work down there. You know, a lot of people think it's a, a Pro Bowl game. You know, you go down there and have fun, but. When you get down there, it's just straight, it's straight business. You know, you go down there, you work, you compete against the best of the best uh, once again, you know, in front of thousands of scouts, you know. So just being out there and being able to compete and perform under pressure, I feel like that's the biggest thing you have to do when you go down there. There were a lot of folks that were down there, media types, that said, I think Tyler Beatty has separated himself from all the other running backs. I think that he has established himself as being the best back down here during the course of the practices. Did you – did you feel as good about the work that you put in down there as a lot of the media types felt you were putting in? Most definitely. You know, I'm always confident in my abilities, just showing my versatility, you know, and that was the biggest thing that I told the scouts when we talked to them and had our interviews. I just told them I'm going to show them versatile out here and just going against the best of the best competition. I just told them guys that uh, – I'm going to win all my one-on-one battles, and I feel like I did that. What, what it, I showed my versatility. Let's talk about that, Tyler. What is it that an NFL team is getting if they draft you? Like, we all know how much the running back position has evolved in recent years. Right. It, it's, it's, a, it's a completely different – there are very few of, like, the pure Derrick Henrys any longer, right? right. What is a right, team right. getting if they spend a draft pick on Tyler Beatty? Definitely. I'll say they're getting a mismatch nightmare. You know, you can line me up at slide. You can line me up on the backfield, you know. 
And I feel like when teams game plan, they're going to be like, we're going to have to watch out for Tyler Beatty, you know. Yep. I feel like going out there and being just a dynamic player, you know, in multiple areas in the game, whether that's on special teams or out the backfield or in the slot, I feel like that's what teams need and what the NFL is leaning to, and I feel like I fit that. So, so I know, like, the Ravens have a couple of running backs. and <laughs> Right. And, but the, the, they like to run. I don't know if you've heard that. Like, they right. like to run the football a little bit more than most people do. Has that thought even right. crossed your mind? Like, have you allowed yourself to think about, like, what a kind of crazy story this would be if if that was what it was? I don't know. I get it. There's 32 teams, and you're going to be happy being on any team in the NFL. I completely right. understand it. But, like, the uniqueness, if it were to play out that way, has that thought even crossed your mind of how cool that would be? <laughs> it definitely have, you know. And I, I had a great conversation with the Ravens down there at the Senior Bowl. And I just always think about playing, playing alongside Lamar Jackson, how cool that would be. Yo. And being back in the city that I grew up in. So that would be pretty awesome, you know. And I, I definitely considered it, you know. And, and I just feel like it would just be a great story, you know, if that, if that worked out. It would be, it it would be so – I mean, it would give me goosebumps, bro, for it to go that way. <laughs> Um, when you mentioned Lamar, man, like you know what he means to, to to the average athlete now. He's a video game, of course. Like he's 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 right. he's just this phenomenon. Um, you, you know, when you think about that and the chance to line up next to that dude and knowing what he can do and how that can open up things for you, you know, could you even imagine being a part of an offense like that? <laughs> right, right. That would definitely be a wonderful feeling. You know, he running one way, I'm running the opposite way. Right. No one knows who has the ball. You know. <laughs> Handling the ball wind up in the end zone, so that would be a great feeling. It seems to open up an awful lot of space, man. <laughs> exactly. It seems exactly. to open up a lot of space. Tyler Beatty is with us, uh, formerly the Friends School, of course, Missouri running back, getting ready for the NFL draft. T- Tyler, um, on a personal level, right? Like you, you mentioned, you know, the story of your family. Who have been the people that have most guided you to this moment, right? Like when you think about how it is that you've gotten here, obviously so much of, ha- of it has to do with you and your talent and your ability. But who are the other people in your life? Are any of them people that you met during your time here in Baltimore that helped guide you to this moment where you're on the cusp of being an NFL player? Most definitely. I'd say a lot of people when I was in Baltimore took me under their wing, you know. I didn't know the ways of the northern people, you know, <laughs> coming from the south. And so just Skylar Kesnich and his family and Jack Barron and David and all of them guys, you know, just took me under their wing, you know, just showed me life in Baltimore, you know, whether that whether that meant I had to stay at their house a couple of weekends, you know, or do different things like that, you know, they just took me under their wing and their family was just so great for me. And I'm just, I just can't thank them enough for just being there for me. That's cool, man. That's that's a, it's a really cool story to hear you talk. I, I imagine it was a shock. Like, the, the jambalaya in Baltimore ain't nearly as good. Like, you know, we, we don't <laughs> – were you able to adjust to being a crab guy because of your experience eating crawfish, or like was it still kind of a culture shock for you? It, it's, it was definitely still a culture shock for me. I'm not big on crab, you know. Oh, I'm, more oh. of a cat, I'm more of a catfish guy. Okay, all right, know? all right. I, look, don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> Boy, I was down in uh, I, I have family in Georgia. I was down there with my I got a I got a seven year old son, and we were down there last summer. And I lied to him, and I told him that, like, we were going to get him chicken fingers, and it was his catfish, right. right? And he had about six, and then I said, bro, do you know you're eating catfish? And I was expecting him to be like, oh, no, it's, it's like, I'll eat two more. <laughs> right, fell in love, fell in love. Yo, it is that <laughs> good. I, re- I respect that. I can respect. It does hurt me, though, that you're not a, you don't eat crabs. It does hurt. We might have to, if you end up in Baltimore with the Ravens, I might have to, I might have to try again. Give it another <laughs> shot. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> another shot. Um, did, did you go to Ravens games at all while you were here? Like, were, did, did you become someone who was rooting for the team because you were here? Or, you know, were you a Saints fan because of, of, of growing up and, and being in New Orleans? Right. Definitely. I always say Saints, Saints is the home team. You sure. Know? But I've been, to, I've been to a lot of Baltimore games, you know, with Skyler, like I said, and my friends. You know, they took me out and showed me, showed me the world, you know, and, and I know – uh, the Ravens Nation is, is wild out there, so I had to go catch a few games. That's really cool, that. man. That's really that's really cool. All right, priorities for you. What what is it? You know, you, you're sitting there. You mentioned the, the the meetings that you had, but now what is it that you want teams to most know about you, the person beyond the football player? What is it that you're hoping they're saying about you when you walk away from a meeting with a general manager, a scout, anybody like that? It's... Yeah, I just definitely want them to know that I'm just a great teammate and I'm a tough guy. You know. A lot of people don't see a hundred ninety pound running backs in SEC. So when I come come forth in front of teams, I just want them to know that I'm very mentally tough, physically tough, and I'm ready for anything that they throw at me. You know, and I feel like that's a big test to what teams look for and what they see out of players. You know, and I just feel like changing the culture. You know, I feel like culture is a big thing when you go into a locker room or going to any different type of team. When you're looking for success, you know, everyone has to be on the same page. And make sacrifices for each other, and I just want every team to know that I'm willing to do that, uh, no matter what team it is. Just build that culture and be there for my teammates. And I feel like it's relevant. We should point out Scholar Athlete of the Year, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, w- 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 was this always natural to you? Have you always been super smart and like super into the learning? Is it something that came along at some point in your life? Well, I definitely say friends. Yeah, <laughs> me for all the academic, academic uh, turmoil that I was gonna face. So, I'm just being that friends, you know, and just. Them treating me with so much respect and so much guidance, you know, I just feel like it helped me and just triggered my whole trajectory of uh, academics, you know. That's so cool. To Missouri. So I feel like it was just a good thing being at friends, you know, just help me build that foundation around academics. Whenever, so I know you got your degree in sports management, whenever football ends for you, and we're hoping it's, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, but whenever that's right. the case, do, what what do you have in mind? Do you want to be do you want to be the next you know Ozzie Newsome one day? Do you want to be a general manager in football? Do you want to get into you know you got an agent? Do you want to be an agent something like that? Definitely, I, I want to be a firefighter. You know, whoa, I, I like, whoa. <laughs> right? It's a big curveball. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where did that come from? That's so cool. <laughs> Definitely, I just, I just felt like being a firefighter was just being a team again. You know, I know football is going to end one day, and I feel like being a, being a part of a team was always the biggest thing that helped me through difficult times and just being in situations where I wasn't comfortable and the team always helped me out and was there for me. And I feel like being a firefighter is just another uh, resemblance of just sports. Bro, you're one of the most fascinating dudes I've ever talked to, man. (laughs) I try to be. I try to be a little bit unique. Did you have any firefighters in your family growing up? I did not. You know, one of my friends at Memphis, his dad was actually a firefighter. And I asked him a couple questions about it, you know, and I just – kind of fell in love with it, you know, I already had the mindset of being a firefighter just through sports, but just talking over it with my friends out here, I was just like, this is something I want to do later on after football. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Tyler Beatty looking to become just the second uh, uh, a young man from Friends to ever be drafted, and it's been, you know, 60 years since the last time someone was, so... Um, I know it means a lot to the entire community over there. Tyler, what can we plug for you social media-wise, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Where can uh, Baltimore fans and, and folks in the Friends community be giving you a follow? Definitely. They can follow me on Instagram at onlyonebaity, 
and they can just DM me and just tell me how they feel, you know, and if I miss any contacts, you know, leaving from Baltimore, that's a way they, they can reconnect and I'll let, gladly be in my DMs, you know, responding to people and just greeting them as well as they greeted me. So That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Tyler, we're so happy for you, dude, and um, it's pretty clear that uh, you're going to hear your name called. Please understand, and we say this to everybody, if it ends up being Pittsburgh, you know, right? Like, we're going to have to say mean things about you. We're going to have to hate you for a little while. It's not personal. Like, you got to know we're still we still feel good for you. It's just we got to keep up appearances. Like, you got to understand. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, wherever it ends up, man, best of luck to you. Uh, we will be in touch. Congratulations on everything so far. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on the show, man.